<laughs> it's like neither one of us this time. Okay. <laughs> what do you want from me? Uh, <laughs> well, would prefer if you talked. I'll throw that out there, you know, with the whole podcast thing. I guess there is some <laughs> logic in that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, it has been a week. That it has. Um, really wish I had some great news to talk about this week. Because I could damn near make an episode out of what should be playing, but... Unfortunately, I don't. But let's not uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Uh, yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the end of time. I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Any news this week, Chris? I feel like some well, news things happened. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, PAX is going on, so there's a couple of things, but I haven't really been paying a whole lot of attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing for me at PAX is actually the uh, uh, MTG Arena, the Magic uh, Arena uh, Mythic Invitational is going on. It's a million-dollar tournament. Oh. So they, uh, they're they actually completing the uh, round of 32. Uh, I think the mm-hmm. last match is going on as we're recording this. Um, I was watching it until, I, until we had a start, and they were on the last match. So this weekend should be a lot of uh, good magic games. It's interesting to see, you know, all these different people who I've never seen playing. Uh, a lot of them are actually, you know, paper magic players that, you know, don't stream or don't do anything like that. They just literally are magic pros, you know, go around playing tournaments. and uh, uh, Eight of the people, I believe, in the tournament were the top eight ranked in MTG Arena. So if people had no prior uh, experience, you know, on the tournament scene, didn't matter. They got an automatic spot. So that's been pretty cool to watch. Yeah, a lot of, none of that I've, I've ever checked out. Maybe I need to add it to my list of things to watch. <laughs> For whatever reason, I mean, it's just, it's just not something that gets covered by uh, my major networks that I watch. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't really have a lot of info. It's interesting like that, you know, because I don't see anyone really talk about it except for the people I'm watching that are streaming it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't even realize the update that was coming this week because I hadn't been watching a whole lot of it recently. But just this week, you know, another big arena update right before the Invitational, they added cosmetics. Um, So you have sleeves for your cars now, so you can change those out as you want. Um, Of course, you have to either earn them, buy them, etc. There are some with coins, some with gems. Uh, They had a special going on. It's a one-time, you know, in celebration of this update. $15 gets you a bunch of gems and... Uh, some of the alternate art for cards, which is the other part of this update. So mm-hmm. damn near every card has a alternate art, and it's not just like the little square, you know, above the text. Uh, that's alternate. It's the entire whole card art um, skin. So those are pretty cool. Uh, there was actually an event this weekend in game 
where if you know get up to the five wins and you get uh, two different uh, card skins. Um, I did that and got it on my first try. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I guess huh. I, I won't be playing this rest of the weekend because it's free. But that's the only reward is, you know, the skin. So once you've done five wins, there's not really reason to do it otherwise. Um, yeah. But it was, uh, they're really cool. I love this alternate art. And, you know, I dropped, I, after buying that $15 pack, it had like 9,000 gems from all my, you know, previous wins and hoarding of gem of them. I'm down to like mm-hmm. 200. <laughs> I spent, you know, uh, it's, I believe it's 3000 gems for a bundle related to a certain guild. So, you know, I bought the Boros guild pack, the, um, Selesnia, uh, guild pack, and then something else. It was white something, I think. Oh no, I bought the Rakdos one. Um, cause Rakdos mm-hmm. just looks cool. So, you know, I don't have a Rakdos deck. I'm totally using the art on the back of my red deck just because it fits the best and it looks cool. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I'm also just looking over some news items, trying to be the good uh, the good sport <laughs> and see what I have probably been listening to and hearing but not remembering. Uh, there is one big thing that we can talk about, but I'm going to... Re- highlight a couple other smaller things first. Uh, I don't know if this deal is still going on right now. So if you're listening to this, the day that I'm posting this, which will probably be like a Saturday, uh, close to the end of the, of, uh, March. Not sure if this thing is still going on, but apparently elder scrolls was free. You could go get it for free. Hmm. I guess they have a new game coming out. Elder scrolls blades. And I guess to promote that, they were given one of the Elder Scrolls games away for free. You could download it for free, play it for free, etc. Isn't Blade don't really have any other deep? Yeah, yeah. This is probably just like a hey, by the way, <laughs> you know, yeah. promoting promoting their uh, promoting the franchise, you know. So if anybody took advantage of that, love to hear what you did. If you if you want to tell us anything about Morrowind uh, or Elder Scrolls, period, that'd be great. Because I know diddly squat about any of it. Uh, There's a rumor, or there's a news article saying that there's rumors of a new Zelda game in the works, and it could be a follow-up to Breath of the Wild. Uh, Hmm. I would hope whatever next Zelda comes comes out is a is a follow-up. I think that, you know, I do think that, and I say that out loud. But do we really want that? Because when when has Zelda ever really had a straight up follow up sequel? You know, um, I don't know. I know that Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons, which I'm assuming were released roughly around the same time, that's not really a sequel though. Those were two separate games with their own worlds that join in together. It's not um, sure. It's not exactly qualifying as a sequel. Mm-hmm. You could say maybe in a very alternate dimension style uh, for a link between worlds, but that was more like a sequel slash reboot though. I don't know there. Well, you know what? Ocarina of time had Majora's mask kind of. So 
Yeah, um, I don't know, man. What do you think? I think I'd be down for either one. If they, this was a brand, the Breath of the Wild was a brand new style to the entire Zelda franchise, mm-hmm. period. And it turned out really well. So I kind of, ha- that combined with the known history of Nintendo and the Zelda franchise, yeah, I'm down for them trying something new. Why not, you know? Yeah, I'd be curious if they would, if it is a follow-up to Breath of the Wild, not even, you know, a direct sequel, but just using that style, um, what they would mm-hmm. keep and what they would get rid of, you know. Hey, get rid of item durability, yeah. I'm sold already. Um, <laughs> yep. But, you know, also, I know a lot of fans wouldn't complain one bit if they went back and said, nah, we're going to go back to the 2D style and, you know, give you a new game in that structure, you know. We're not going to bother the 3D this time. Um, which probably isn't likely given the uh, new game coming to the Switch, the uh, Link's Awakening uh, reboot, yep. reboot, remaster. Yep. What I don't even know what they're calling it. Probably be close to a remaster. I mean, it's uh, it looks it looks the exact same game, just with that uh, say three dot heroes esque uh, visuals. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I, I again, I, I on a much larger and b- embedded in my blood uh, uh, scale. I give Nintendo full reign. You know, go right ahead. Do, go nuts. You know, don't don't make it Zelda the the, the fucking football game because that's that's <laughs> obviously duh something they're not gonna do. But Zelda racing. Uh, yeah, hey, hey, yeah, why not? Uh, as a spinoff game, yes. <laughs> Zelda racing, Zelda kart racing. They're like, nah, where are? Yeah. No, you just need to put Link in. Well, I think I think Link is in uh, Mario Kart by now. It's got to be in seven or eight. I don't know. But that would be interesting. You, you could you could have uh, vehicle combat, kind of like uh, Twisted Metal style. You know, lots of good weapon. Ooh, all all the various uh, sub weapons and sub items that Link has used throughout his his various campaigns. Oh yeah, yeah, they could work. Again, as a side game, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I I, I think I mentioned this before. I was one of those people that I will totally admit, man, back in the day when. This was back before in my life the internet was super you know central for all of my information. I was still getting most of my information from uh, magazines, word of mouth, and little snippets here and there from from the internet. But back mm-hmm. around the time that Metroid Prime was being released and announced, well announced, I said a uh, first person shooter style. I don't know. And you know, Chris, you know me. That's me anyway. It's like what a change. Uh no. Get it away! I, I, I couldn't wrap my head around how they were going to do this. Because back then, my ignorant mindset was Metroid is a side-scrolling like adventure map-building, platforming, yeah. platforming item-collecting, puzzle-ish solving. Mm-hmm. And somebody stuck a big finger and said, well, there's shooting in it, man. You shoot the aliens. And I said, yeah, but that's... <laughs> and yeah, okay, that is a core part of the game, too. I will give you that, but it's just... it's You have to put... I was, I was looking at Halo and then looking at Super Metroid and trying to 
fucking cram these two <laughs> things together and it was not working. So, I mean, yeah, you run around, around with Master Chief shooting aliens, jumping here and there. I mean, is it really that big yeah. of a leap? <laughs> yeah, I know that this this all lean, lends more credence to why why didn't you understand that this could be a thing? I just mm-hmm. I just couldn't. Now, I wasn't shouting from the rooftops that, you know, Metroid is going to burn up in flames and that the franchise is over. And what are they doing with my, you know, I actually do have a Metroid tattoo. Like, I'm going to burn this thing off. It's shame. Ah." But it was more like, I I can't. I, I can't see this working. And then I finally got my hands on it. Now, this was not, again, I had seen some screenshots and it, maybe it heard some word of mouth from a couple people that had played it, but kind of went in blind when I finally got it. I went off the precedence of, all right, Michael, shut up. This is Metroid. You love this franchise. You love this character. You love all the mythos around this. Give it a shot. It's it's Nintendo, dude. What mm-hmm. What's the worst they're going to do? If you don't like it, well, then you can say that it sucks. And then I got it. And oh my God, did they do a good job. <laughs> What a stellar, solid pinnacle of gaming that game turned out to be. Mm -hmm. So, in that regards, if Nintendo handed Zelda off to... I don't know, man. There's there's probably a list of of companies where where I'd be like, yeah, that's cool. And, you know, it's like, okay, this company is not on this list. I'm not down for this. But, yeah, I, I trust them. I trust them. I just... I don't know if I see Nintendo going outside of that box just yet. Nintendo, Zelda already has a solid formula, period. You know, the, the overhead, you either have the over, the, the top down view or you have the third person view. Mm -hmm. So I don't really see them jumping outside that box yet. And with the, with the, ultra popularity that breath of the wild has succumbed to yeah i would see a new you know what what would be a probably be a good idea this is wishful thinking this is this is uh i can't wait to see a fucking uh blue glove with three blades popping out at the end of endgame this is this is this is theory crafting but okay i i love breath of the wild you know this. The audience should know this. If you don't, well, I got close to, I don't even know, like four or 500 hours of gameplay to tell you that I love Breath of the Wild. But if I could tweak something in it, a couple things I would like to tweak. One, I do wish that they would do a better job on the actual dungeons. Double the dungeon count, for one. At least, mm-hmm. Chris, at least double that dungeon count. And two... Go back and play, Nintendo. Go back and play Link's of the Past, uh, Link's Awakening, Oracle of Ages, Oracle of Seasons, hell, even Ocarina of Time, even uh, Majora's Mask. Look at the way that you guys used to do dungeons like that. They're all different. They're all colorful. They're, they all have their own unique theme. They, they just have their own feel. Yeah. Make that part of this new dungeon system. 
You can keep the, buddy, you can keep the 120 shrines. You can double those if you want to. I don't care. I like the shrines. They were cool to go around and find them, you know, to actively seek these things out, especially when I found out the number of what they would be. But unless you're going to make all of those even longer, which I don't know, Chris, I'm going to tell you right now, if they kept 120 shrines, but they just extended every one like double or triple the length, even though there are a few long ones out there, Chris, I don't think that'd be enough. Like it's, it's, it's not just the length of the four main uh, guardians. That was the problem. Mm -hmm. It was that kind of, sort of, they all felt a little bit quick and a little bit samey. I know that, you know, spoilers for Breath of the Wild. I know that one was in the air and you you could shift to left and right. I know the elephant, you know, you get it. I get that there was, I could see somebody looking at me and going, dude, they were all themed. One was yeah. a theme of an elephant. One was a theme of a camel. One was a theme of, I get that they f- were supposed to be different, but they kind of sort of didn't feel that way. You know, when I went into the castle and linked to the past and fucked around the castle, it felt like a castle. It felt like what it's supposed to be. There were guards and sentries everywhere with a, a variety of weapons and, and the music fit the theme and all that. And when I went into the first dungeon of the game, it didn't feel anything like the castle. Aside from, I don't know, what, there's fucking walls and doors? I mean, everything else felt different. Push that to the next dungeon and the next dungeon. That is what was missing from Breath of the Wild. And if we're if we're being really honest, what else could they change? Maybe make it. This is going to be a big statement, Chris. I have to. I I really need to pick my fucking pants up when I'm saying this one. But <laughs> okay. make it make it more Zelda y. I don't know how to explain that. There are a variety of enemies in Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. There are. I kind of want to pull that back as I'm thinking about all the vast open areas and you have the mountain areas and the Zora River and the... Yeah, I'm going to pull that back. I'm going to redact that statement. It feels pretty Zelda-y. Maybe, maybe there are some core things from those old Zelda games that I feel are really missing from Breath of the Wild. Maybe it's just the dungeons, period. Maybe that that yeah. that design choice of the Guardians skewed so much away from what we know as classic Zelda dungeons that I'm, mm-hmm. you know, not really not really tailoring them to my expectations. Yeah, I think that's one of the but, biggest yeah, be- complaints people typically have is, you know, the dungeons and the durability. But otherwise, you know, it seems pretty pretty solid. Pretty fucking solid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if I was to... I'm sure somebody's done it by now. And I kind of feel the last time that I played through Breath of the Wild, I had already done it. But when I set out in any... Welcome to the Breath of the Wild episode. Boy, boy, Chris, boy, we can dip (laughs) into some Zelda talk, man. I love it. I love it. I love... We could do... Me and you could do this about fucking Persona. We could do this about God of War. It just so happens as a recent games. But, man, I love when we can just fucking... It's like me and you are sitting in a room fucking sipping coffee with our legs folded and with our fucking hand on our chin going, what if, what if, like we're fucking, <laughs> like we're, uh, we're high, I mean, we are high thinkers. The audience knows that, but I love this shit, man. I love talking game talk. Yeah, we don't have Adam um, this week, so we can say that. 
Oh, no. <laughs> yep, Adam is uh, rolling up his Katamari somewhere, somehow. We wish him the best of luck. Uh, again, like we mentioned last episode, we don't know when he'll be able to make it back. He's do he's okay. He just does not have the uh, life schedule that he can record adequately. He he's going to try his best to jump in episodes when he can, but uh, this week is another week that unfortunately he could not. So, um... Uh... Oh, fuck, where was I going with that? Hi, thank you. Damn. Yeah, but before that, the thought that was leading me to it, I was taking something else. Shit. <laughs> it was good, too. Uh, Breath of the Wild is a damn good game. Mm -hmm. It is an awesome game. And anything that I say about it, I mean, even with the dungeons, uh, the guardians being what they were. Oh, I know what it was. Okay, back on track. I grabbed, I grabbed the train and I picked the train up. And instead of body slamming it, I just put it back on the tracks. I just want to ask if you uh, body slammed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yes. E email us if you got that reference, please, or message us <laughs> or whatever. Uh, end of timecast at gmail .com. So. When I went into my second or even third gameplay of Breath of the Wild, I think the middle one, I did start, like, beelining. I think the second time that I went all the way through Breath of the Wild, I really started going, like, okay, I'm getting the four shrines done, and here we go. I'm going to make a semicircle around the map and do every. I'm just going to go shrine. I mean, uh, yeah, shrine to shrine to shrine, just around, around, around. But... Even doing that, and even on my third playthrough where I just fucking let the game go and just wandered, that was where the bulk of the game was for me. This is where it's contrasting for me. It's actually causing a moral... Uh, well, I'd say it's causing a... It's causing a dilemma of what I consider to be true Breath of the Wild or Zelda or, or true mechanics. Even that's not even correct. But... <laughs> Let me, let me get across what I'm saying here. If I was to go through Breath of the Wild and make it a point to, as soon as I get out of the beginning area, do every single shrine and get and, and not necessarily go out of my way for extras unless I had to. Like if you have to get the fire uh, fire res resistant potion or the fire res resistant armor or if you want to go get. Zora armor, or if you want to get armor period or other weapons, I mean, like, really going around globe trotting the map, and I'm loosely saying as quickly as you can. Chris, I still felt like that took me 60, 80, 100 hours. Like, that was the. I, I always consider that the bulk of my Breath of the Wild playthrough. You know, doing all that stuff, getting some side Koroks here and there. Excuse me. Of course, getting the, the Master Sword, like all that stuff. But the reason why I'm focusing on all this and, and trying to really put your eyes in a big, wide scope is because that is Breath of the Wild to me. That is, you know, the day and night phases, the going from a forest to a water place, to a volcano, to an ancient forest area, to all that, uh, doing all of the shrines and all the puzzles and doing all this extra shit. And when I finally came down to either one, I have everything I want slash need, or two, I 
I'm, I'm just done with just wandering. I've unlocked everything. I've opened up everything. Blah, 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 blah. Here we go. It, when I went through the Guardians back to back to back to back to back and then beat the final, went through uh, Hyrule Castle and beat the final boss, man, if I'm being generous, we're talking maybe 10 to 15 hours. Maybe. And while, yes, I don't even think it was, I don't I'd say 5 to 10 hours, if I'm being honest. The Guardian Temples were... They were, they had their challenges, you know, they had their times where it was like, mm, I don't really know what to do. And much like the shrines, I had to figure shit out. And they had bosses, which also required skill and required to mm-hmm. figure them out. True enough. But man, I feel like one or two hours at the most, I, even on my first playthrough, dude, I just blew through those things. And yeah. when I got to Hyrule Temp- Castle, yeah, maybe maybe two to three hours in the castle alone because there it, there is a lot of shit to explore in that castle. But also on the back of I've already beat all four guardians, so when I went to go fight the last boss, half the health was already gone, and then it was kicking his ass, and then the final final boss, which let's be real here, was a pushover, and then that's it. The point I'm getting at is gigantic massive roaming around the expansive world of breath of the wild a hundred plus hours a hundred minimum beating the actual storyline main focus content in the game eight to ten hours that needs to be evened out a little more somehow i don't know how I don't even think saying even out is correct either. I just want more of that later that later part, you know? I genuinely miss pulling up the map in A Link to the Past or Link's Awakening or any of those and looking at a map and seeing like here are the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight places you need to go. Yeah. And when you go to these eight places, they're going to be difficult. They're going to be challenging. They're going to have their own themed puzzles. You're going to have to find their keys in their places. You're going to have to find, you you can find hidden walls. You can blow up and find hidden shit. There's going to be an item. I'm cool with the item not being there. The, the, you pick up the items in the beginning area and those are utility items for you to use throughout the world. I'm, I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. I will admit. It does take a little bit out of the out of the dungeon when it's like you're kind of expecting that extra weapon there. I'd say maybe you could design weapons that are still util. I mean, just do what you always did: make utility items that just maybe they help you out more. You know, yeah. still keep your magnesis and your bombs and all those, but I don't know some something else, something else that that maybe bumps up what you already have if you just flat out don't want to put something new in there oh maybe have a really fucking powerful weapon with the uh weapon degradation system in breath of the wild i'm down for that you know and maybe have the boss of the dungeon particularly weak to that weapon as opposed to you could forego the weapon and just go straight to him that 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 yeah. there's an option but it's just it's there there is a there is a Zelda something missing when you can't pull up a map and just there's my eight focal points because everything else is out there and I can go to 
every corner of this map. I can look, I can jump on, I can hop up to a mountain and look around and see everything and everything out there I can get to and I can touch. But I need to go there because that's where one of the main temple keys are and go over there because that's where the other one is, etc., etc. I feel like if that was put in Breath of the Wild, aside from other little minor things, which honestly, man, I'm really straining right now to think of what else I would really, really want to change. You're golden. You're putting a little bit more Zelda back into a Zelda game. And that's awesome. That's what, awesome. What did you think of the whole cooking system? I enjoyed it. It worked for me. That uh, that That is one thing that I think could be tweaked how i don't know maybe make it a little bit more streamlined somehow mm -hmm. maybe have like a quantity si uh, system put in place where you know if if you wanted to make a meal you still had to click the item click it the other one click the other one, and then throw it in and you had to pretty much do that one by one be a little bit more it'd be a little a little more time saving on our part if we could maybe make a quantity to that like or yeah i have the ingredients i want to make five of these yeah, and it's been a while since I played, so I don't even remember exactly how the UI worked. But if you know the recipe, then you don't have to go through, you know, all the steps for yes. it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's also a good... Yeah, see, things like that, there are little quality of life things that could... It would just, it would just help to make the game better. Mm -hmm. It would streamline it, but it, that that's a, those are quality of life things. You know, I, I'm down for having quality of life in my game. <laughs> I feel like I don't know what, even though even though I was against it from the get go, I started to like it more and more, and I have a respect for for it. The weapon degradation system, I think, you know, it's fine, but there are some tweaks that could make that a little better because there were times when I was playing Breath of the Wild where. I would go into a difficult place. Oh, this is especially true on the difficult on the the uh, legendary difficulty. Oh man, I would have to go around and scout and get weapons and get every weapon that I could that I could. And so we're talking hours of just prepping, and then go to an into an area or a big fight or something, and just fucking whacking away with a weapon. And a weapon breaks, pull the next one up. It got to a point where some places that I was I was traveling into, or or uh, especially like the guardians again on the on the higher difficulty, where I I I started to break more weapons than I was finding replacement weapons in the dungeon four. And even then, sometimes a lot of the weapons I found, it's like I've got this really powerful, also really durable weapon. Well, eventually that fucker breaks. So now I got to pick up whatever the hell this person dropped or this enemy dropped. And it's like much weaker. Yeah. Doesn't do as much damage, breaks a lot faster. And it gets to a point sometimes where you're like, okay, I have to leave the dungeon and go restock up on weapons. That. And again, if that's if if that just happened to me and it was only on the diff on the higher difficulty, sure, we can leave every we can leave most of it the way it is. But I feel that that could be tweaked. There yeah, there are I'm tweaks to the <laughs> yeah there are tweaks to the weapon system. If you want to know the biggest tweak though, Chris, you I, I think you would agree with this too. 
whatever next game you have in this Breath of the Wild style, when I go and finally get the Master Sword, mm-hmm. th- don't make it breakable at all, period. If you want to, I will give you free reign, Nintendo, to even increase the difficulty of how hard it is to get the Master Sword. I'll let you have that. Even 13 hearts, is it does take you a while to get that, but let's be real, Chris. All that really is is going around and finding a bunch of fucking uh, Korok seeds. No, not Korok seeds. Or was it? No, it wasn't Korok seeds. It was the shrines. The shrines, yeah. So, yeah, okay. If you want to make it fucking 18 or make it have some additional steps, I'm fine with that. If... Depending on the balance of how the regular weapons that can deteriorate is, when I get the Master Sword, if I had to do a fuck ton of work to get it, however, it's moderate to pretty powerful, but it does not break, I'll I'll fucking do that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what's the point if you don't, you know, make it worth getting? Yeah. This is the second part. That Breath of the Wild kind of undercut its undercut itself a little bit. They're like, we're giving you dungeons, but they're not exactly dungeons like you remember. For one, it's nowhere near the same amount, and they don't. They're not gonna be. They just don't feel like dungeons. And also, when you finally get the Master Sword, it's not gonna be something you get off the bat like most of those games. You don't. You don't come out swinging with one. You have to do a a fair bit. A fair amount of work to get it. And then you get it, which I will stand on a mountain and shout this. That is the absolute best Zelda franchise pulling out of the sword ever. I love it. I love that whole cutscene. I love the, I love the, if you did, when you don't know how to get it, when you just stumble upon the Master Sword, that initial gut thump of, that's the master sword and you walk up and you're like what do i do what do i do and you go to grab it it says hey hold this to pull it and you're like he's gonna pull it out oh i've got the master sword Uh, no you don't no you don't (laughs) you got some work to do but that slow camera push in and the heart thump and that chink Ching, little little fucking mm-hmm. just little by little he pulls it out and you finally do and it has the panoramic cutscene and him slowly pushing up oh so great rivaled yes rivaled only by again in my opinion the best sword stowing animation in Zelda franchise for me that's uh uh, uh oh shit brain fart chris the cell shaded uh oh fuck not twilight princess before twilight princess after majora's mask it's on the gamecube what the fuck the boat one yes the how the fuck don't i remember this i never played it i'm an zelda boat game oh what's wrong with me (laughs) what no, not Phantom Wind Waker. Wind oh Waker, my yeah. god. <laughs> <sighs> I want to apologize on behalf of the entire cast of In the Time Cast that that I could not remember Wind Waker, but I am old and growing senile apparently. <laughs> uh yeah, so the the ending to that game spoilers. 
for Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker. Man, if you haven't played that game, you're going to... Uh, do you think you'll ever play it? Uh, only if there's like a remaster re-release, probably. Yeah, there's a HD remaster for... I want to say it was for the Wii U. I don't know if it's been ported over to the Switch yet. Yeah, if I'll, it's on the I'll Switch, leave that one. Not. I'll leave that one just in case. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that that game has the what used to be for me the uh, link to the past. And link to the past, he just it it shows him pretty much walking away from the pedestal as the camera pans upward. So it's like, yeah, he already put it back and he's he's leaving it there. And yeah, yeah. But yeah, the the that moment was so great in Breath of the Wild, pulling the Master Sword. So, so fulfilling, so rewarding. It's just it's just a great moment in that game that was calculated and designed to be that way. Now imagine my what the fuck when I went outside and beat on some fucking enemies and the sword said, oh yeah, we lost power. Mm -hmm. Lost I'm what? <laughs> the Master Sword lost power. And I said, okay, all right, that's okay. I remember old games where the Master Sword sat there, but you needed specific items to use to basically wake it up. Uh, okay, so that maybe that's what they're doing. No, no, this game just it just has charges, and if you attack enemies enough, the charge depletes, and you have to wait for it to recharge. I do believe on a later difficulty there there was a way for you to. It was either later the later difficulty or another another option period where if you do this thing like some extra dungeons or some super hard something you could unlock it to where it never loses charge that's fine i'm cool with that but it just that, that's not the way i don't know I, re I really sound like a spoiled kid but that's not the way i want it <laughs> you know i would rather work my ass off and have that a goal nintendo you've been doing this way longer than me and chris have been playing games okay you guys know how to do this you know how to th thematically and game mechanic wise lock a lock an item away from us you can you can put all kind of barriers in front of us you can make it a third side quest uh and a third of the main quest has to be done and then a bunch of extra shit directly involved with getting that sword you can do that however you want to but when i am playing a legend of zelda game and i have the master sword in my possession there, the 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 word weak should not be anywhere in that scenario. Oh, yeah. I, again, I also know that in other Zelda games, yes, you could get other weapons that were more powerful than the Master Sword for a time. I get that. Still, not the point. They, you, you, you it wasn't even that it broke. It said it lost power, and you had to wait for it to recharge. That's ah, nah. We change that. <laughs> change that. And I, I wonder how many people went through Breath of the Wild, Chris, and how long it took some, if it took forever, or if some people never got it at all. The Hylian Shield, if if you think about it, that thing's pretty kind of sort of hidden and tucked away. It is quite possible to go through the Hyrule Castle and not get that shield. It 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 was a powerful shield, I'll give you that. It's still still broke over a long period of time, but that's also something I'll change. Just, that's, the legendary shit does not need to break. Right. 
if that's me being spoiled, then okay, point your finger at me. I'm just being a spoiled brat. But that is tailored to to Link. That is as, yeah. that is as legendary as Link is a legend in this in this story. Mm-hmm. So make it that way. Yeah, it cheapens them. Mm. Other than that, solid fucking time. Really good, really good game, and sh- I'm all up for a sequel. Take your time, Nintendo. I know you're gonna do it anyway, but <laughs> yeah. you know, don't rush it. We don't. I'm good. Has there ever been a situation where anyone accused Nintendo of rushing something? Damn, that's a really good question. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think there has been. Uh, maybe the Pokemon franchise. Maybe, maybe uh, it wasn't. It wasn't around my time that I, I wasn't strictly anticipating it. But maybe the Metroid Prime series when you know it was going from one to two and two to three. But yeah, that's a. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember reading too many headlines about people you know banging down Nintendo's door. You know when's when's fucking Luigi's Mansion two coming out? Prick. <laughs> good question. Whatever they do, I'm good. Take your time. We'll see what you put out. But if you put anything in the neighborhood of a, of what Breath of the Wild was, oh yeah, I'll be on it for a couple months again. Mm. Definitely. Oh, uh, what else did I see? What else did I see? Uh, what's your uh, What's your history with the Borderlands game? You have any? Ooh, uh, sound like an asshole here, but none at all. I do have some friends around me that have played it. Uh, some of the guys that were in our Halo Night group, uh, Chris, they they played it. One in particular played it a lot, but I have never had it put in front of me. I've never saw enough that it appealed to me to where I would go out and buy it, and. This is, uh, so you remember, if you remember the Rage 2 trailer that came out, mm-hmm. uh, like two or three months ago, my ra- my ramblings and old man rant- rantings <laughs> about that trailer about, oh, we got our tongue out, we're throwing the horns, and I've got one side of my face painted pink, and my arm is painted blue, and yeah, we're so fucking crazy, Wah! That was how I always saw Fallout with the whole we're sticking the fingers to our temples. We're so crazy, right? In Borderlands. That, yeah, in Borderlands. That never appealed to me at all. And all the meme shit around it as well. The uh, the little the little robot that has all the phrases and everything. Uh, yeah. I just, I just kind of went, eh, that's not, it's just not for me. From what I understand, it's basically a loot shooter type game, mm-hmm. and I just never, I've never been interested. Yeah, I, I played a little bit of the first one. Um, I don't know, I don't really have any metrics on how far I got into it. Um, I think I played it for a couple of streams, and that was it. So probably, you know, eight to ten hours in it, roughly. Um, just got sidetracked by other games and never went back to it. Because um, I think I was playing that with backwards compatibility. On the 360? I don't even remember. It's been a while. Um, but yeah, there's a third one. Just announced uh, this week. I want to say yesterday, maybe. As part of the uh, PAX 
uh, strain, which they've done a little yeah. bit of. Yeah, I'd heard there was a sequel coming out, but again, since I had no interest in it, I was like, "Ah, oh, that's cool." I'm, I'm. It's on their third game, so a lot of people do like the game. I'm, I'm well aware of its popularity, mm-hmm. but of all the hooks that got thrown out for that game, none, none of them stuck in my, in my lip at all. Yeah, I, so. I didn't even watch the presentation. I, I like turned it on, and then they were bringing out community managers and stuff. I'm like, okay, I don't care about, I guess I missed the meat of it. So I just turned it back on. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I'll probably play it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know what you think. (laughs) Yeah. So the persona five R title finally got announced. It's going to be persona five, the Royal. Uh, this is supposed to be on the Switch. So for those that are, aren't familiar, okay, for one, <laughs> Chris, we always got to start at the top. If you are hearing us talk about Persona 5 and you're going, well, what, what's that game? Stop the podcast. <laughs> well, wait wait a couple minutes so I can, we can get this part out. Do you have a PlayStation 4? Yes, you do. Go out and buy Persona 5. Play it and let us know what you think. We realize that we're not going to hear from you for a month or so, and that's okay. Do you not own a PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 4 Pro, either one? No? Stop what you're doing. (laughs) Go buy a PlayStation 4. They're going to say, whoa, Chris. Whoa, buddy. Okay, I'm an Xbox guy for one, but I'm not going to buy a PlayStation 4 just for Persona 5 to where... Chris and I both are going to tell you that is a system seller. Yeah. If you are remotely interested in an RPG, if you're remotely interested in anime in any way, shape, or form, if a good story, good battle system, stylistic game sounds appealing to you at all, go buy the fucking game or go buy a PlayStation 4 and the game thank us later. I put my gaming reputation on the line. If you don't like Persona 5, it could be just RPGs are not your thing. I mean, honestly, that's that's the most I can put to it. Uh, it's that good of a game. So, for those that are familiar with the Persona franchise, I know I'm not talking to you high tiers that are, no, I played every Persona known to man, I played every SMT, every DDS, I'm ultra familiar with the Shin Megami Tensei franchise, I'm more just talking to people that know, like me, the scrub tier folks that only know Persona. Uh, Persona 3, uh, I don't remember the name of its... uh, what you'd say addition it wasn't really an expansion it was more of a more of an extra to the game where it's uh, i guess it would be an add-on they re-released the game and then put an extra part to it uh persona 3 fes that's what it was called so it's basically mm-hmm. the same game but it had like an extra uh, some extra quests added uh persona 4 had the same thing as well uh, the difference here is PlayStation 3, uh, sorry, Persona 3 and Persona 3 Fez were both on the PlayStation 2. I don't know if those got released on any other platforms. That's just what I have played them on. Persona 4 had the same idea. It had the main game really re-released. 
I think some of the visuals, maybe some cutscenes got added. It did get a little bit of an upgrade, but it also had some extra content as well. And that was on the PSP, and that was called Persona 4 Golden. So this, kind of following that tradition, if I'm talking out of my ass, I'm sorry. This is what, this is what I'm seeing from outside. Uh, it's So Persona 5 was a uh, PlayStation 4 exclusive, and Persona 5 Royal is going to be on the Nintendo Switch. Now, what we're assuming is that it's the same thing. It's it's You're getting the entirety of Persona 5, which, again, you're going to get a, good God, 150-hour game, depending on how you play. And hopefully it'll have some new content. There is a, from what this article is telling me, I have not watched it yet, but there is apparently a short teaser trailer out there. Uh, there is supposedly a new character, new question mark character added, which I think is what Persona 3 Fez did as well. I think there was a, an, an extra character or two added to the game. So, real uh, quick, um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything about coming to Switch. I'm saying everything's saying it's not going to be on the Switch. It's only going to be on PS4. Huh. Well, I thought there was a Persona 5 something coming to the Switch. Just uh, maybe Joker and Smash. Well, I am completely wrong then. Thanks for correcting me on that. I need to know that. That's good. Which is fine because we told people to buy a PlayStation 5 anyway. PlayStation 4. PlayStation 4. Man, I'm telling (laughs) you. It's... Need to start recording this on a Monday where it's the start of the week and not the end of the week. But, yes. And I'm sorry, audience. You'd figure with me and Chris being the absolute fucking Persona 5 gurus that we are by now, we would have all these details. But if this turns out to be just Persona 5 with a little bit of extra content, it's not It's not burning the money out of my pocket to go buy it. I played through Persona 5 twice we're talking well over 500 something hours if i'm not mistaken so I, i'm good <laughs> but i will be checking in this over time a little bit at a time see what they i'll see what they have i what will burn money out of my pocket quick straight in the atlas's mouth mm-hmm. is news on a persona 6 i'm not rushing it it, you could, they could tell me, hey, yeah, we're making a Persona 6, uh, Chris. Of course we are. Duh. It's a great franchise. Excuse me. The game's going to get released October of 2023. I, I'm going to go, awesome. Okay. It's good to know you're working on it. It's good to know you're doing it. What I wonder, Chris, mm-hmm. so... And I don't have all the names in front of me, but one of the one of the really cool, interesting like this this is this is what knowing the gaming company the gaming uh, sphere as a whole will do for you. The game itself, Persona Five, was great. I, I I wouldn't need to know anything else about it, but knowing that they took an anime, uh, either an artist or director or both to make the anime cutscenes, like a well-known high profile anime person to do the cutscenes, That was great. All the very talented, like hand picked voice actors to do all those voices. That was great. Like knowing that they 
the, I think even the writer too. I think they may have had a new writer or some kind of handpicked writer. In any in any event, they went out of their way to get some high profile talent for this game, and apparently in all the aspects. I'm hoping they do that. If you want to know the truth, I hope they do that from here on out. Period. <laughs> you know, that's kind of going to be a staple here. I'm saying this because as I played through Persona Five, I the, yes, the style of that game oozes out, but the sheer quality of that game shines through all the time, all the time, and that's because they, you know, they they piecemeal they Frankenstein this game to be what it is. I'm saying Frankenstein in a polite way. I mean they. They handpicked this stuff. I think the music was another thing too, Chris. Like the the music, whoever. But yeah, I I'm hoping they do that again because the love shines through. You know, when you hear of games that it they're done by God, I hate picking on EA, Chris. I really do. But <laughs> when you hear some games that are done by EA and they're like, y'all, y'all could just back the fuck up, okay? Because we have a lot of money and we can just throw money at this game and make it good. And then you get the product and you go, uh huh. And then you look at Persona 5 and Atlas says, we had this person and this person and this person and all these people and this, we did this, we chose to do this. We put quality in all of these different aspects and you play Persona 5 and go, oh yeah, it shows. So yeah, another game that I'm just really looking forward to, just at least hearing news. Yes, there's a burning desire to want to play Persona 6, but take your time. There had to have been, my God, we should should just look up someday how long it took to make Persona 5, because that had to have been in development for a long time. A long time. Probably. I'd imagine imagine any of the Persona games probably took a long time. So, yeah. So, Persona, Persona 5 Golden... Uh, sorry, Persona 5 Ro- The Royal has been announced. Check it out. See what they tell you about it. I'm going to look it up sometime after the podcast. So at least find out what's up with this female character. It could be that they're making that Joker could be a female character, which would actually change up quite a lot. <laughs> Makes so, you wonder if they went and read. Yeah, I, well, I was reading about a mango while trying to find anything about this Switch thing. Um they showed something about some female character, but the fact that she spoke meant that she's probably not the, you know, new lead for this new version. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who knows? Okay. You know what? An an, an additional confidant, an additional party member. Mm-hmm. I'm down for that. Yeah. Right. Bring it on. Did you say more storyline content in Persona 5? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter what they do. Uh, it's going to be good. Yeah. Yep. They have that credit for me, too. And yeah, I can hear you all out there. Uh, I I should go back and play Persona 1 and 2, at least to get the feel. And th- I think by that point, I will be able to, to kind of sit at the big boy table of the Persona 5 conversation <laughs> hall. But I think the royal table, the the if I want to be a part of the of of the big dogs, the the real adult table, 
I really need to branch out and play for one the franchise that started a person that the Persona franchise is a spinoff of, which is the SMT series. There's also mm-hmm. the the Digital Devil Saga. There's like apparently there's like 20, 30, 40 something games around Persona Five, and people are. You know, of course, they're hardcore fans of all those games. And they're like, man, you okay, you really like Persona 5. Have you not played like SMT 4 or 3? You know, oh, man, this is uh, someday, maybe, maybe not. But I promise you this, no matter what other game I play, unless it blows me over, Persona 5 for me is always going to be up there at the top. I mean, it rightfully earned a place i told y'all it's 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 on high debate right now to go on my top 15 of all time yeah it really it really genuinely is and you know i i don't mean to talk down on that either i respect that i can i can get a uh mass effect to mass effect 2 is a solid example for me i can get that feeling of you know we had this game and then this game came out and it got a little bit homogenized but that game became super popular. So then the, uh, the third one came out and a lot got homogenized and it, it's watered down. And I can get that playing the third, fourth, or fifth game of the franchise and going, oh man, they changed so much. This don't even feel like the same game anymore. I remember the first one. Mm-hmm. I hear you people that are saying that about SMT and, and all these other games around that. I get it. Whatever they did to to Persona Five that you don't like, be, you know, because of your love for SMT series, I can understand that. I can respect that. But that's I'm not that in the audience. I'm the guy that didn't play anything, and I said, "All right, I'll check out Persona Five because everybody is talking about it," and I absolutely love the game. Right? Absolutely love it. So yeah. Uh, that's probably going to be a bit of my week right there. So I'm not going to talk about that. (laughs) Uh, and then, yeah. Okay. So Mortal Kombat 11. All right. So the actual big chunky news thing that did go on this past week was the PlayStation event, essentially the Nintendo Direct-esque event, which was called the what again, Chris? Uh, God. Put me on the spot. I sure did. As I'm pulling my phone up right now, because I got <laughs> your back, it was called the State of Play. Yeah, that's it. It aired uh, March 25th of 2019, roughly around 2 p.m. Again, full disclosure, there's going to come a point where I'm going to stop telling the audience this because you guys should know this by now, but I did not watch this thing as itself. Typically, with these events, uh, E3, uh, Directs, all these, uh, this one, the state of play, I usually watch through slash with another venue not paid to do that it doesn't sour water down or anything my experience it's just like watching it with other people pretty much but uh i did watch this two times over i watched it with uh giant bomb and uh easy allies and i heard their reactions and they were they kind of some of them mocked some of them mirrored mine but yeah this was sony's uh roughly about 20 minutes fairly short and it was 
<laughs> it's being compared to, and rightly so, the Nintendo Directs that get a, that that come out, you know, every few months or so. Um, so yeah, I this honestly kind of hit me out of nowhere. I don't follow social media or regular media enough to where I was just laser focused on this thing. I don't know if it ever got announced or talked about weeks or months beforehand. I came home from work one day, folks, and looked at my YouTube subscriptions, and there was a live event reminder from Giant Bomb that, hey, the, the state of play is coming on in a couple hours. I was like, all right, well, fuck it, here we go. Uh, yeah, so it came out of nowhere for me, and it was, yeah, it was okay. Uh, I want to say this, so this was not like the Microsoft uh, Stadia announcement because the Stadia Google. announcement uh, uh, Google what did I say Microsoft yeah, yeah. Uh, computers they're all the same uh, the Google Stadia announcement in essence was at GDC so that was more of a game developer conference type thing mm-hmm. That is why, still, I kind of back myself up when I'm talking about Stadia. Like, I'm looking for things that aren't there because that wasn't designed for me. That was designed for developers. That was like a big sizzle reel, if you if you want to put it that way, to developers to go, hey, we got this new platform coming. You guys interested? Hey, hey. Me as the gamer was going, where are all the games? What what are you selling to me? They weren't selling to me. This Nintendo Direct style uh, PlayStation State of Play event, though, that was directed at me. And, yeah, I checked it out and went, meh. Because a good chunk of this thing was uh, 3D. There's a lot of 3D games. A lot of VR. Yeah, and I still don't own one. Uh, quick pause on that, though, Chris. Mm-hmm. Do you own a PlayStation VR? No, I don't own any VR. Okay, perfect. Neither do I. And I have heard, uh, especially after last year's uh, awards, uh, Giant Bombs Deliberation, uh, and anybody else I've heard anything to say about that game, there is a PlayStation VR game. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, something robot, something robot, Astrobot. Yes, I have heard, and I'm paraphrasing, but I've heard that if you ever wanted a game to get you into VR to where you finally sit down and go, okay, okay, now we're getting somewhere. Apparently Astrobot is that game. I've understood that it's kind of a platformer. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, puzzle solving and collecting and all that stuff. The more of these little words I heard, the more interested I became. And I don't honestly remember what I, there was a channel, maybe it was a COG. It might've been COG. I, I finally saw an actual review of the game and yeah, it's <sighs> think I'm trying to think of a good platformer to put this to. Think um, Mario 64, Banjo-Kazooie, 
think games like that, but think in the year 2019. So better graphics, better controls, tighter controls, all that stuff. And you adventuring around a world and, and collecting shit and finding shit. And it looked very fun. It honestly did. As I'm looking at the price of a PlayStation VR minus the game, it didn't interest me enough to want to pay that kind of money. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it is possible that I could stop being an old fuddy-duddy and maybe I'll get the PlayStation VR with Astrobot and I love that game and that will make me start trying out other games. But I'm also saying all this around Astrobot to make it understood to the audience that I am not 100% stomping my feet against PlayStation VR. I just don't see anything out there yet for me. I haven't yeah. seen anything that made me go, oh, stop. I've got to have that. There's and also, I realize it's... Go ahead. There's also the whole, you know, do you get PlayStation VR? Do you get a Vive? You know, what yeah. should you get? I mean, the libraries are pretty small right now, but they're growing. Yeah. And yeah. you got to start doing with exclusives and all this, which you already do. But yeah. It's understandably confusing to the to to possibly some audience members out there. I mean, Chris, this is what like our 85th episode by now. You know, we've been doing this podcast for a long time, but you have to understand if you're listening to this episode right now at this release, you know, the end of pretty much the tail end of March of 2019, uh, we are not popular by any means whatsoever. We have some super hardcore fans that apparently listen to every episode when they're released, and we love you for it. But Chris and I have jobs outside of this. We have lives outside of this. So we're not Giant Bomb. We're not Easy Allies. We're not, any, we're not anybody like that. So I will... I will put this to you. If I went somewhere, if I went to a conference, mind you, I think this would be the same for Chris. If either one of us went to any kind of conference right now, we would be paying for it out of our pocket. Yeah. Nobody's, nobody's, nobody's sponsoring us, okay? But if we went somewhere to a conference or an event or an expo, what have you, and they had PlayStation VR set up, would I try it? Yeah, sure. Of course. If I went to somebody's house and they had PlayStation VR and they said, hey, man, Try this out. Would I play it? Yeah. I there is there are no hard stops to PlayStation VR. If there was a fairly good slash hopefully uh uh a variety of games to try out for the PlayStation VR, do I think that there's a few games I might be interested in? Yeah, I do. Or there would be. I would I would hope there would be. I would feel that there could be. And even with the magnitude of PlayStation VR games that are available right now, I'm saying magnitude, there might be like 50. Who don't want what? 50 is a lot of games to me. Uh, even with all that being said, nothing, nothing has made me get on Facebook Messenger at 2.30 in the morning and wake up Chris and go, Chris, blank, blank, blank is on PlayStation VR. I just played it at Adam's house. Oh, my God. This is it. We're finally getting nothing. Nothing has done that yet. Astrobot comes pretty close, pretty close. Uh, and again, the reason why I'm saying all of this is because when I watched this PlayStation event and it was VR after VR after VR game, I was like, eh, still not, still not for me, buddy. Still not a lot for me. 
Was there anything besides the very last trailer thing that they played on this event, Chris, that interest that interested you? Did you see anything in this uh, state of play that made you go, "Yeah, I'm looking forward to that"? I mean, I'm you know casually looking forward to uh, Crash Team Racing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like Crash. I like you know Mario Kart. You combine the two, I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nothing in this nothing in this trailer appealed to me. I just it wasn't well, that's a mean way to say it. Nothing interested me. There were a few things that I could see myself getting into, but again, the the giant mind picture of me is I need somebody to put in front of me with no with little to no hassle and no out of pocket expense. Like I just I, I need to have it available and I need to try a variety of things. There are some types of VR games that may appeal to me in a in a bad way, honestly. Like horror games, oh man. <laughs> they do horror a little too good in, in these VR titles, but uh the scarier the scarier they are, the better I like them. So hey, that's that that's fine. Yeah, I've heard that uh, uh Resident Evil seven is brutal. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen I've seen quite a few uh different gameplay videos of people playing all these random titles I've never heard of, but they are super fucking creepy and mm-hmm. very well done. So yeah, there are some things out there I could probably int- be interested in, but right now it's still like a Nah. Uh, again, I saw what I saw with Astrobot. The review that I watched was great. The gameplay footage that I saw was was interesting and appealing. All the stuff that I saw in Astrobot was up my alley. All the uh, great things I hear or have heard about Astrobot from people that I trust and and sources that I get my entertainment from. Yeah. Astrobot looks very fun. It looks like something I would try out. Do I want to spend those hundreds of uh, hundreds of dollars on that game? I'm sorry, Astrobot. You are not <laughs> God of War. You are not Persona Five, from what I see. That's a lot of money and an investment to do that for oh, yeah. one game. Because even then, I mean, once I once I finish Astrobot, then I've got to go find other stuff. Because now I've got this, you know, hundreds of dollar peripheral that I need other games for. And yeah, it's a. Uh, I, I need time. VR. I'm talking to you, VR as a whole, not just you, PlayStation VR. I I need some time. You, I, I'm waiting for those things to come around to where the giant wheels start to turn and the and the gears start falling into place, and I haven't seen it yet. All that being said, the last thing that did show at this uh, event was a new Mortal Kombat 11 trailer. Mm-hmm. Pretty short, pretty sweet, pretty to the point. It's more of what you already know from Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, they're really playing with this time dilemma ordeal. So the present Mortal Kombat characters are interacting with slash fighting against uh, uh, old school Mortal Kombat characters. So, yeah, they're supposed to be a female. This is crazy to me. Like, there's like the uh, Chronica who is the first female boss in Mortal Kombat ever. I'm like, I don't know why you got to say that. It doesn't matter. I don't care if they're male or female. Is she a badass? Is she domineering like Shokan? Then yeah, I'm all for it. But yeah, she's supposed to have some, obviously with a name, she's something to do with time travel and she puts all these characters against each other and uh, that's appealing. But as so we've mentioned before, final boss, go ahead. I think it's yeah, first final boss. You had like the uh, female Goro as well. Wasn't she oh, like yeah, a he did. secondary boss? 
Yeah. I mean, Sindel essentially was one as well. So, yeah. Yeah, first final boss. Is, that's a better way to put it. Uh, again, I, I'm just not the world's greatest at fighting games. I, I own some out of respect, and it's fun to watch. But I'll tell you, the main thing that I'm looking for is seeing how this this game plays at Evos, seeing how people talk about the game and break it down and and see the you know the top 8s and the top 30s and all that stuff. But if you're asking me what I'm really looking forward to, it's such a sad thing to say, man. So a lot of fighting games I play, I play it, I unlock all the characters, I unlock what I need to unlock and I drop the game. That's just always been it been it for me mortal kombat same thing has one addition though i want to see every fatality <laughs> i want to see every fatality every i don't know every friendship brutality whatever the stage fatality i want to see all that stuff because we are on the 11th mortal kombat which even then there's got to be other mortal kombats out there but still we're in 2019 and getting the next mortal kombat and they are still finding clever ways. Well, I don't know why I feel so bad saying that, but they're finding clever clever ways to murder people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's Mortal Kombat, folks. The fucking ESRB was damn near written because of this game. So <laughs> there's blood and guts and people getting, you know, their fucking face ripped off and their guts pulled out. I mean, it's part of the game. It's just crazy that even with new characters... I can see it with new characters, but even with old characters, they're still finding new creative ways. Mm -hmm. It still feels bad to say that. <laughs> but yeah, they're finding new creative ways to fucking murder people. Yeah. Sat sadly, once I see all the fatalities, I mean, it's like, all right, I guess that's it. <laughs> so yeah, if, uh, Sony's state of play, I, I'm guessing uh, I'm sh they may have some type of release schedule out for these things i don't know i didn't look into it but if i had to guess it's got to be every two to three months probably every quarter kind of like the nintendo directs um yeah, i don't go ahead i think a lot of it right now and i don't know maybe this is you know kind of a for now thing temporary because a lot of people are pulling out of e3 mm -hmm. and i believe they're one of them yep so yep. who's the left at E3? Cyberpunk? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it makes me uh it makes me wonder a couple things. One smaller one, one big one small thing, one big thing. Uh does Microsoft have something like this yet? If they have, have we missed it? Well, they, Am I just Yeah, they had their little thing. They do I can't think of what it's called right now, but there was one that they uh, recently did that was live streamed on Twitch, but they're normally not yeah. or something like that. So they don't get as much yeah. of a, you know, reach as the others do. But they have their little monthly thing, I think it is, or bi-monthly. Yeah. Um, and if they do, if they do... Um, and even if they don't, if they plan on starting to do it, I think the bigger question is going to be the obvious one. Do we, do we even need E3 anymore? Do we want E3 anymore? 
especially if E3 is going to be like the statement you just said, well, what do they have left? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know how revenue works for these things i may they may not even care about it they may just want to see how many viewers they get and the viewers to them translate into future dollars i don't know but nintendo has been doing nintendo nintendo directs for some time now and they must be some kind of successful because they're still doing it yeah and this was the first for sony and they're saying they're going to do more so this might be their way of doing it so, in essence, the question is, if you had all three, or even if it turns out to be four or seven, if you have all the big boys of the gaming franchise uh, having these having these quarterly giant news announcements, pretty much, do you need E3 anymore? Do you want E3 anymore? It's a solid question. Yeah, I, I don't is. know. It's, it's one of those things that... You know, it's, oh, I mean, we've talked about this before. It's always been one of those things uh, growing up as a gamer. It's like, man, going to an E3 would just be, you know, the best thing ever. Um, and it would be kind of sad for that to just go away. But at the same time, I get it. You know, technology is, I, I can't remember who said it, um, but someone was like, yeah, essentially technology is killing E3. Um, yeah. Because there's no need for it. There's no need to come together, you know, to share this news. You just yep. do your, you know, direct or your state of play, whatever you want to call it. Whenever you want, you can stream. People are going to yep. watch it. You post it on social media. The news outlets will pick it up. And you've got uh, everything minus the hands-on. I mean, the hands-on mm -hmm. is kind of probably the one thing that need that wouldn't be replaced by that and maybe a reason to keep it around. But possibly... Mm -hmm scale down by a lot more you know kind of going back to the days where it was you know industry only your average gamer could not literally could not buy a ticket yeah somebody else i want to say it was easy allies it may have been giant bomb i forget one of my big one of my big outlets uh, brought up a solid point as well like man everybody remembers the moment where shigeru miyamoto came out on stage with the uh Hylene shield in one hand and the master sword in the other and was swinging it around and it was the the twilight princess announcement there are moments like that in e3 that can't uh, well let me finish the statement that that that, that it's not going to be the same without that you know right. those were always great moments when something like that happened hell uh the last uh i want to say the game awards i Ooh, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris. I feel like this might have been something else. The recent event, the past few months, where uh, all three company presidents were yeah, on the same stage at this. Yes, yeah. Uh, and I realized Game Awards is not E3. The point mm -hmm. I'm making is, is when you have these large, bombastic, you know, the fucking symphony, the live orchestra on stage, mm -hmm. uh, as bad as it was, you know, 599 US dollar announcement. I mean, there are just things like this that you're going to, that it's, it's going to be sorely missed with having nothing but these quarterly announcements. However... My counter to that is there's still announcements. There are ways you can still do these things. 
You know, you can still have the president of Nintendo come out dressed as fucking Samus and announce Metroid Prime 4. I mean, you can still do that. It won't have the, the, you know, the drama and the bravado of a stage, you know, with one center light and all that. I get that. But even then, you can still replicate it. It won't have that feel of the people that were there in the audience. I give you that. But it can still be done. All these mini casts are, to me, are just big announcements. And you can still do the big big announcements in a live format. But yeah, it is as well a bigger port, a bigger part, like you said, Chris. It is something to be able to say, yeah, I've, I never got to go to an E3. I never went to one. Aside, you know, all the horror stories of E3 aside, you know, the, the two-hour waits to play a, a, a five-minute demo of a game, the the cramped space, the heat, the walking around, the, oh, God, going to, uh like, Sony's E3 last year with the fucking move from one place to the <laughs> yeah. other. To, yeah, I, 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 much like any event, folks, even going to fucking Disney, there are horror stories about places and doing those things but still when you get to go home and hang your your fucking e3 you know pass on your on your desk as a memory you'll get to keep that forever don't really get to keep something like that when you turn on twitch and it's microsoft's whatever (laughs) you know yeah so yeah yeah we will see I think we filled enough time with some news and some I good got, jabber. Let's uh, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, please. Uh, so the Summer Games Done Quick game list was released uh, yesterday. Oh, I didn't see that. Thanks yep. for telling me. It's not the actual schedule yet, which is what I'm you know, more looking forward to getting. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's, uh, that's out there. So you can go peruse and see who got accepted. Um I mean, my my big thing right now, I didn't fully read through the list. I didn't notice not a single Final Fantasy, which is unusual. <gasps> wow. Um, but given the length of the games, it's, you know, sort yeah. of understandable that it wouldn't be at every uh, one of them. Um, mm-hmm. But the Super Mario World, uh, the ROM hacks are going to be there. Um, there's probably, uh, there's going to be, you know, the blind uh, uh, ROM hack races, the race levels. Uh, I need to check the dates because I'm really curious where this falls into the uh, Mario Maker 2 game that's coming out in June, which is when uh, SGDQ is. Because mm-hmm. if they had something there for that, that'd be cool. Um, just kind of as a little uh, side thing, not really. I mean, wouldn't I guess it technically be you know blind level speed runs, but it'd be fun. Um, so mainly mm-hmm. the Mario stuff's what I'm looking forward to for it. Yeah, this is interesting. Uh, the list they have up so far, I think they normally do it this way anyway until they slot them in the correct days and everything. They have it in alphabetical order. Right. And shows roughly what the time is they're planning on getting the game done. Shows you if it's single player, co-op, whatever. Shows you the percentage, all that stuff. Games. Yeah, all that stuff. So, mm, just looking over this list. Ah, mm, love it. I love it. And SGDQ this year is <laughs> total runtime 188 hours yeah i'll <laughs> take that i will take yeah. that i was looking for the date though it's 
June 27th, I believe, start. So far away. So far away. Not really. I mean, April, May, and then June. June yeah, we're about three months 30th, away. Sorry. Okay. About right two months. About two months and some and a few weeks away. Speaking of shit, that's almost around the corner. <laughs> Endgame is getting closer, baby. Yep. Ooh boy, man, I feel so bad. I'm such a shitty husband, Chris, because my wife is like, "Did you see the new trailer?" And I'm like, "Nope." <laughs> She's like, "Oh, let me pull it up here. Let me show you." I'm like, "I'm not watching that." She's like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> duh. You want to see this? I know you do." I'm like, "No, I don't." get it away from me <laughs> and then like the the posters got released a few days ago and yeah. she was like did you know this and i was like stop no stop telling me things i don't want to know anything <laughs> and she's like you're just being silly you want to know things i'm like no i really don't stop oh man oh it's so close it's a little less than a month now and i yeah. cannot uh i i'm gonna have to i'm patiently waiting but uh, i cannot wait I cannot wait. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Did you have anything else about uh, GDQ? No. Okay. I'm, I was I was gonna try to go over the list really quick and see if there's anything that really stuck out to me. But man, there's dude, there's like two hundred something games in here. I'm not gonna do all that. Yeah. Um, I don't. I, I see a lot of titles on here that I they're regulars, and I see a lot of titles that I'm interested in watching. So yeah, it's it's gonna be a good show. Always is. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. Um, another thing this week is Iron Banner and Destiny 2. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is Control. Um, also this weekend is Triple Valor, so you can rank up quicker if you'd like. Um, the interesting thing about this week's Iron Banner is they've added two new items. Um, one is catered specifically to PvE players that want to play Iron Banner. Uh, it's a drop you can get in PvE activities that will boost your power by 100, up to the cap, of course, uh, in the Crucible and Iron Banner. So that you can go in, not being, you know, a Crucible player, and still being able to compete, you know, at the appropriate uh, power level. Stuff like that. Uh, which I think is a really neat uh, concept. Um and it, you know, kind of shows, you know, caring about both sides of the player base. Um, the other item that's a part of this lowers your power by 100. And that causes you to get more rewards the better you do with that, you know, handicap. Uh, so that's also another really cool concept. Um, and the, the bounties also are, they give you extra progress if it's against people that are, you know, higher power than you. So you can intentionally uh hamper yourself handicap yourself get you know better rewards as well as increased bounty progress that's just sounds awesome to me i i have not played any uh this week i'll talk about that in my week a little bit but um i certainly plan to it this weekend but yeah that's i think that's all the news i had notes of yeah, I honestly didn't even think I had that much, and then I started looking and said, "Yeah, there's actually some shit." Especially with that PlayStation event, you know, that's love it or hate it. That was that was that was history. You know, same thing when Nintendo had their first Nintendo Direct. You know, that was that was the start of something, and this may be a start for them. We'll we'll see where it goes, and we're talking over years. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with E3 and these events both. 
so yeah, let's roll into the weeks, but I have a question before I start with mine. Alright. Uh, did you play any more Sekiro Shadows Die Twice? No. Oh, perfect. Okay, good. No problem. So, Chris. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you about my week. All right. Let's see. So, non-gaming related, I did watch. Let's get some of the positivity. This is going to be a roller coaster right here, folks. <laughs> we're going to do positive. We're going to slam into some negativity, and then we're going to go back up to some positive. So, non-gaming related, I watched a few movies. One of which was Alita: Battle Angel, and. Uh, no, I have not seen the original anime or series or whatever this was based off of, so I was going this completely new, taking it at face value for what it was. As far as just a plain movie, as the plot and the the the, uh, the visuals and the music and all that, looking at it as a movie, I enjoyed it, had a good time with it. I cannot speak to the adaptation as far as how it handled the uh, anime adaptation part because I haven't seen the original. I did like it. I did enjoy it. I will warn you all now, but just because I feel like you may need to be warned uh, if social media hasn't done it already, then I have no problem with doing it. If you're mad at me afterward, please write me and let me know why. But uh, this movie does end not so much on a cliff. Well, we'll say a cliffhanger. Yeah, I'll go ahead and throw that out there. Uh, it does have a positive swelling to a grand finale moment. It does give you that feeling of, all right, shit's moving forward, but it it's like, all right, you're climbing a three-rung ladder. You just got to the top of one. You didn't realize that we were even telling you it was a ladder until the end of the movie came around, but... That is not a slight against the movie. That does not. That did not detract from the movie for me. It didn't make me go, "Oh, I loved it." And now I hate it. It was more like a, honestly, folks. It really was more like a. Now I want more. I want to know where this story goes. I am interested. It had good progression. The visuals are fucking phenomenal. I mean, there. There's a lot of that uh, uh, cyberpunk esque visuals to. You know, I mean, there's there's full blown cybernetic folks walking around, and it, they do it very well. Alita herself is. If you if you didn't know that, I'm sorry. Did you not see the trailer for this movie? But uh, yeah, the this again. I have no basis for this. I watched it solely as what it was, and I was entertained. And yes, I do want to see the next one because I want to know where the story continues to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. I wish I would have saw it earlier, but. I've seen it now, and that's that's totally fine. I saw uh, Replicas. This is a movie with uh, Keanu Reeves. Uh, the premise being that uh, he's he is a scientist that is working on uh, basically taking your uh, essence, pretty much your mind, and either transferring it into a robot or potentially transferring it to another human. Uh, there's clone stuff involved and, uh, I don't know how much of the trailer explains what's going on. So I will tell you this now as a quick spoiler free, it was all right. I didn't dislike it, but I didn't love it either. It had a lot of good, uh, it had, oh man, there are some heartbreaking moments in this movie. There are a lot of, if, if you've, if you've, if you've ever heard the, uh, story of, okay, 
you're hanging off the edge of a cliff. You have your, you know, your a child holding on to one hand and you're holding on your spouse in the other and you have to let go of one which do you let go of and yes i know there's ten thousand ways you can explain that differently you know i just tie a rope and whatever the point is it's a moral dilemma and there is a moral dilemma in this movie and they handle it pretty they could be done a little bit more drama given the weight of what he was fucking deciding on but in any event it was done pretty good uh, the movie itself wraps as, as a whole, and I mean, it, it was all right. It was a good, I mean, I'd give it like a th- three, 3.5, prob- maybe. Uh, but spoiler for just the premise, in case the trailer didn't explain this, the idea is, you know, he's got this ability to, he's trying to perfect this thing where he's, where you can put someone's mind into a robot. Uh, a synthetic mind or you can make a clone which the cloning thing is also so they're working on two different things and trying to perfect both of them at the same time cloning and that and the transfer uh at the beginning of the movie very early on he's in a car accident his wife and his three children are dead and he's like oh god like any fucking human being would be he's devastated he goes i can clone them I can put their consciousness right now into a clone body. I'm going to do that. And that's where the movie goes with it. So, interesting, interesting premise. Uh, I am still a big fan of Keanu Reeves as an actor. I he's he, These later roles he's been getting into have been very good. It's, it's so crazy thinking of the fucking, whoa, dude, that he used to be to, uh, to, what, to John Wick. And, you know, and even this role now. So it was pretty good. Last movie was, uh, this is definitely a recommend to you, Chris, too, if you haven't seen it. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. This, yeah, this is the uh, animated movie that came out, I want to say, late 2018. Uh, the premise is there. This this follows this this the uh, multiverse theory in Spider-Man that there are multiple spider people out there across multiple dimensions, and they somehow get put in the same world, and they have to you know fight evil and then get back to their world, and it is handled very well. I I like the uh, the Marvel Spider-Man movie a lot. I like this one uh, uh, just a smidge more. Just a bit more. I would equal these two as far as how much I enjoy them. We'll put it that way. Uh, fairly lengthy. I think it's like a little a little over two something hours long. Uh, protagonists and antagonists alike that are all done very well. Uh, you have to remember that this is dealing with alternate universes, so you're not gonna you're gonna see the same names, sorta, but there be different people, so to speak. But it's all handled very well. Uh, really good story set up. The way the way that they handled the other spider people coming in was was done really good. I mean, just all in general, I was entertained by this movie. This is this is one of the movies where I was like, eh, okay, let's see what this one's about, and I was like. Oh, very, oh, very good. Very good. Nicely done. So, yeah, I do recommend that movie. Non-gaming, but uh, not movie-related, I watched all the entirety of a Netflix series called Love, Death, and Robots. 
So this is a collection of short films. They're all they're all anywhere from hand drawn to super HD like computer uh, uh, CG movies, and they range. They're pretty short. They range anywhere from like six minutes to maybe eleven minutes at the most, and they tell a variety of different stories. You know, there's some cyberpunk stuff in there. There's uh, there's robots. There's one about uh, uh, werewolves. There's one about uh, aliens. There's one about being out in space. Uh, yeah, there's all kind of little short stories. I think the first season is the only one that's out right now. I'm pretty sure it's only one season. And it's about 18 episodes long. But again, they're all very short. All very short. What I put these stories up against the caliber of, say, Black Mirror? No, they don't quite... They don't feel that Black Mirror itch for me. But are they worth a watch? Yeah, sure. Especially, again, with them being so short. I'm sure with 18, you'll find one or two that you'll enjoy. I particularly like the one with the werewolf and uh, and the very, very first one, actually. It was just, just because of the story that it was around, not the fucking TNA. This is, it's very mature, by the way. Just throwing that out there. Uh, not every episode is like that, but you're going to see some fucking full frontal nudity on a couple episodes. So just, just be, be warned of that. It's they're worth a watch, you know, check it out. All right. Gaming related three games. We're going to talk about all right. One, we're going to talk about really short. Uh, the Steam game that I was working on, the Metroidvania, I still find myself going back to every other day or so for varying amounts of times. Mm -hmm. It's Momodora, M-O-M-O-D-O-R-A. It's a Metroidvania style game. That's about the, that's all you really need (laughs) to understand. Uh, and I, I'm enjoying it. I don't know what else to tell you folks. If you notice, this is part of my bread and butter. This is in my wheelhouse. Uh, it's really hard for me to find a Metroidvania that I don't like, and this one's pretty good. The animation style of the of the bosses, the graphics in general of the game, the the gameplay itself, it's just it's it's good old Metroidvania for you. You can upgrade your character, you can upgrade your movement. Uh, it's got it's got a pretty good little story to it. And as most of my Metroidvania games, I am working my way through it. Second game I'm going to talk about last because this I'm a third game I'm going to talk about uh, last, obviously. But I've got to talk about the second game first so you understand why I'm even playing a third game. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice came out uh, last last Thursday night. Technically had a midnight release, but Friday it was out. Uh, I was so we recorded. I want to say that Friday. Yes. Same day. Yeah, record. Yeah, the same day. I had not played it yet. I was secretly foaming at the mouth for this because this is the next From Software game, mm-hmm. which I am all about From Software games. But I was just I was I was curbing my enthusiasm only because I wanted it to just slam me in the face when I started playing it. I, I could I couldn't wait. You just couldn't tell because I wasn't saying it. Uh. I have already. I've had this thing pre-ordered for some time now, and I it was downloading and it finished and it was on my computer and ready to go. 
So I put everything else I was playing on hold. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a lot. I was still working my way through Resident Evil 2, still working on Momodora. It's not like there was anything critical, you know. Mm-hmm. So I put it all on hold, started playing, started playing Sekiro. I'm not playing Sekiro right now, Chris. No. Uh I'm not playing it now, and I only played it for a couple hours when I first started playing it. Because I'm having problems with this game. Uh, first problem I had, I realized fairly early on. So I had the game downloaded, I installed the game, no problem. Started up the game, immediately went to options, started putting all the shit the way I wanted it to. I've got a pretty good graphics card, still got a kicking uh, old, yet still doing its damn job processor. Good graphics card. Uh, so I put most of, I put the settings where I wanted it. Uh, got all the options configured. Bam, start playing the game. Saw the little intro movie, started playing. Uh, input lag. Got a problem. Uh, It's hard for me to exactly pinpoint it because I'm not recording my gameplay and having a fucking timer there. So I'm feeling like I'm having input lag anywhere from a third of a second to two thirds of a a half a second to two thirds of a second. Uh, For those that don't know, you don't want input lag, period, for these games. They require precision. Especially in, say, Dark Souls 1, if you want to be great at parrying, and no, I'm not talking to you, guy, who is the perfect parrier, and you understand all the mechanics. I'm talking about to us general folk who parry every now and again. If you want to be good at parrying, you have to have some pretty damn good timing, and you damn sure have to have a responsive controller. When you have input lag with your game, it's it depending on the game, it could be whatever. You can even adapt sometimes to the controller lag. I ha- I refuse to adapt in a some from software game, and I will not. Uh, I will not accept it. It's not me being stuck up. It's just man. It's I got past the first wave of enemies, and then went through the sneaking section of the next little area, and got to the second set of enemies, and I've I've died anywhere from getting killed by the first one or two guys to making it all the way to the boss and getting fucking murdered repeatedly. Mm. And I'm going to tell you right now, I have played through the entirety of Dark Souls, all the DLC. Dark Souls 2, all the DLC. Dark Souls 3, all the DLC. I've uh, All of Demon Souls, all of Bloodborne. Do not think for a minute I am unfamiliar with the concept of dying repeatedly and throwing yourself against that wall until you understand their mechanics, their timing, all that. There is a big difference in me going up to a boss and getting beat 20, 30 times before I finally have that fucking I'm getting there alright good dodge sweep left alright cool watch this right side Sora comes down move to the side block 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 roll back roll back throw a healing item get in there get in there almost two more hits two more hits going block block it yes there's a difference in that and going I I know for a fact I dodged I, I don't know how I got hit well let me dodge a little bit sooner now I, I don't need to be thinking about my input when I'm just trying to combat you know it's not good so, uh, I spent several hours on a Saturday not playing Sekiro, 
having that game paused in the background and posting on forums, posting on image boards, searching through facts, searching through forums. Mind you, that was like day two of the game being out. I found a few people here and there that were having the problem as well, but most of them tried to point to the same problem. They said, well, okay, what are your, what is your setup? What are you playing on? I am playing on the PC. I have the Steam version. Okay, uh, what are you playing with this? What are you playing with that? And when it gets down to wireless controller, that's the first place everybody goes to. Well, it's your wireless controller. No, it's not. Because every other Steam game that I have does not have that problem, number one. And number two, just to test it out, I booted up Dark Souls 1. I booted up uh, uh, Neo as well, just in case, just to see. Even though Neo's uh, a different game, I get that, but still games type. No input lag. Tried a couple other random games, no input lag. Play Sekiro, have input lag, so it's not, it's not the controller. Uh, I've got a fairly new video card. It's a 1060. That's not a problem because I've adjusted all the settings down to the lowest. I don't care if that game looks like butt. The gameplay is what I'm there for. So I turned all the graphics settings down. Game still looks fucking great. Still have input lag. I've tried all the various little features in the game. Uh, I've also went to my NVIDIA control panel and adjusted settings around. No change. The only change, so so we're going downhill with this story, all right? Pretty sad. Pretty fucking sad. The guy that loves From Software titles uh, has this game pre-ordered and highly anticipating playing it is not playing it because of a hardware issue. Okay. Let's try to go up a little bit. I tried a different setting. Out of curiosity. When I first set up the game, like all of my other games, uh, call me a snob if you want to, but I do not play a game in full screen. I play none of my games in full screen. I always play them windowed. I'm just used to playing that way. It's easier for me to alt-tab over and do other things, like uh, search the internet or just do whatever the fuck I want to do. Uh, it doesn't... When I full screen, it full screen typically takes control priority over all your visuals, so it's longer to switch back over. I'm not going to give you... Re- I don't have to explain myself. I always play windowed, leave it at that, or full screen borderless. So I said, okay, of all these things that I'm telling people I've tried, you know what I haven't tried? I haven't tried full screen. All right, well, let's fuck it. Let's put it up to full screen, see if maybe that fixed it. Because I don't know. I haven't tried full screen yet. Booted up the game. Went to options, went to full screen. Hey, guess what, Chris? No input lag. Fucking imagine that. I said, okay. All right. Uh, Half-Life 2. Uh, if I, if the only way I can play this game is to play this way, I will make the exception for Sekiro of From Software game. And I will play this game full screen. So I did. And I made it, uh, I was doing good. Had my parrying timing down. My attacks were happening when I wanted them to. My dodges were happening when I wanted them to. The jumping was happening when I wanted to. I got to the boss. I died. Didn't give a fuck. Went back through the enemies again. Got to the boss. Guess what, Chris? I died again. Did not give a fuck. I went back to the enemies. I died to one of the enemies. I went. I was like, we're good now. It's okay. It's fine if I am struggling to get through this section. Because this is what this game is like. And I'm fine with that. 
because there's going to come a point where I I one shot that enemy, one shot that enemy, dodge, dodge, one shot that enemy, get to the boss, throw my arms up and go, bring it on, bitch. And he gets me down to two thirds, but I kill him and I move on. I was ready for that. I don't remember what it was or why I had to do it, but I died and I was like, okay, I need to, I need to leave the game for a minute. So I saved, I exited out the game completely. All of the colors on my screen were completely jacked up. The game was not on, but when I went to my desktop, when I went to my Steam overlay, when I went to Facebook, when I went to my desktop, all of my screen coloring was jacked up. Not in a glitch, that's what I thought it was at first, but I could tell it looked like somebody went into my color settings and just fucked with shit. So I I pulled up my NVIDIA control panel and saw that I... Chris, I can't tell you what my color scheme was set. I don't know what I had my gamma set to and my contrast set to and all that. <laughs> but all that got changed somehow. I don't know if it got defaulted to something, if Sekiro had some kind of setting and it, and it went straight to that setting and left it there. I don't know. But I spent, and it's going to sound fucking crazy, but it's I spent a good half an hour plus playing with Chris, playing with four levers. Contrast, yeah brightness gamma and something else back and forth little bits at a time yeah trying to get my colors back to where they were now somebody has suggested that it's not it's in in, nvidia might have put an update out no nvidia hasn't updated the fucking control panel i would have known if it did but let's say it didn't i opened the game back up i played for a minute i closed the game out guess what colors all fucked up again I said, okay, let's spend. Well, I didn't, I spent less. I had a screenshot this time, so I pretty much put it back to where it was. But even I'm looking at my, I mean, I'm looking at my Steam overlay right now. I'm looking at Audacity that's recording. The colors are still not what they used to be. And I just eventually just gave up on it. This is close as I'm going to get. So having said all that, I am not playing Sekiro right now. This is not some boycott. I am not folding my arms and demanding my money back. What I was hoping for was in the first couple days, uh, I would open up my Steam overlay and would see an update for Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. I was hoping that I could go into some forums now that it's pretty much a week after release and see some other people that are having this problem and see what their fixes are. I've seen a few people here and there that have had roughly the same setup and the same problem i've also Mm -hmm. had some people on some uh, image boards as well say yeah i've got the same card i'm using the same controller this is my problem this is i did to fix it uh and i have found nothing yet nothing that has worked except for going to full screen and i'm not going to full screen because full screen is fucking up my computer and i don't know why (laughs) i don't know how so until this gets resolved until as as first world fucking nose in the air as this sounds, Chris, until I can play Sekiro Shadows Die Twice on my PC, not in full screen, and not have input lag, I am not playing this game. I'm not mad, I promise you. It sounds like I'm more mad at the situation because this should be a non-issue. Right. You know, this is like, everybody's like, it's your controller. It's not my controller, I promise you. Because I can open up 20 games in front of you right now and not have input lag. All of these situations and all these uh, qualifications all point to the game itself. So, 
hey, I got the game pre-ordered. I own it. It's okay. I'll get to it. I'll have my fun with it. I'm still kind of in like an internet blackout-ish because everybody and their mother is playing this game right now. Uh, take note, there's an article I saw today on uh, my Facebook feed that said, yeah, there's already a guy that beaten Sekiro under an hour. Holy crap. That means a lot of people are playing it. A lot of people are having fun. I am not yet. I will. I feel like maybe this weekend I may send a letter to somebody, maybe fucking uh, send an email to fucking From Software or somebody in the support and maybe at least voice my thing and say, hey, this is what I have and I'm having this problem. But I'm genuinely hoping a patch is coming soon somehow. If it doesn't, I guess I'm SOL. There may come a point where I just say double birds and just go buy the fucking game on PlayStation 4 and be done with it, but <laughs> haven't got that desperate yet. Yeah. I'm going to try the basic avenues of wait for a patch, look for help, or ask for help. Until then, I'm just not touching it. Lastly, so, understandably, I have an itch. Okay, I've been waiting for this Souls-like game for a long time because... Listen to my last episode, or our last episode if you want to hear why. Listen to any episode where we talk about Dark Souls, any From Software title to understand why. I'm in a, I'm itching for this type of gameplay. This is crack as far as uh, action gameplay goes. Well, can't play the game, so what else am I going to do? I went back and played Momodora a little bit. Uh, fucked around on Steam for just a little bit. But remember I said earlier, one of the games that I booted up just to see if it all as well had problems was Neo. I actually had reinstalled Neo, and I say reinstalled. For a little trick of the trade for you Steam folks out there. If you're running out of hard drive space and you have a second drive, external drive, whatever, you can actually copy, just cut the contents of a game in your Steam folder and paste it somewhere else. And then when you want to play that game again, you just copy it or cut it and paste it back, and the game will just re reconnect it for you, basically. So I reconnected Neo back into my hard drive and had it running, and I said, well, I never did beat Neo. I only got close to the end of the first mission, so let's go. So I've been playing Neo in lieu of playing uh, Sekiro, which is fine. That's not... A bad substitute at all. It's not from software, but it's still a game like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a multitude of Neo reviews out there already. I'm not going to say anything that they have not said. Uh, I can tell you that it has that same mentality as far as gameplay. It's sword combat. Uh, you have a bunch. You have a variety of enemies. They all have varying levels of difficulty. You have uh, regular humanoid enemies. You got giant monster enemies. You got smaller enemies that are well armored. You have bosses. Uh, you have hidden areas. You have uh, several little minis. Kind of, we'll say mini bosses. You can basically summon and fight in in the levels. Uh, every level from what I can tell so far has the main mission that you do, but then you, after you beat that mission, you unlock like a secondary and even a tertiary mission, which is just the same level, but they have specific goals to go for. Uh, your combat is less about having a, a, a light attack and a heavy attack. It's more about having, uh, you have an attack that has three separate stances, low, medium, hot and high. It's got, 
uh, it has blocking and dodging and all that stuff. Uh, you can level just like I mean, it's it is in essence a Souls game. I am. I want to say I'm about four or five main missions in, Chris, and I've probably completed half, if not more, of the secondary and tertiary missions that I've unlocked afterward. Doing pretty good as far as leveling up and getting new equipment added on and being a beefier person. Uh, there is a variety of weapons to pick from, just like the other, just like the Souls games. So there's swords, there's giant uh, nodachis, there's... I forget what it's called, but it's it's like a long chain with a hook on one end and a big ball beat on the other. Uh, there's katanas, of course. There are bows, there are guns, there are cannons, variety of weapons. If I had one complaint, if I had to complain, and I realize that given this kind of game, it's going to seem like a, why are you complaining about this? Isn't this what the game is developed around? Uh, Chris, remind the audience again, how many Souls-type games have you played, period? Uh, I beat Demon Souls and started mm-hmm. Dark Souls 1. Okay, so I, I'm hoping that given even that amount of experience, you can understand and relate to what I'm saying. The problem that I've been seeing with Neo... Okay, let me put this in perspective. Let's say, Chris, you were playing Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition on the Sega Genesis. You and me. Playing against each other. I block. You go to attack and I block. I go to attack. You block. We fight each other. Yeah, yeah. Then you go play the computer. You put that computer down to like two, three stars. They're not going to be that difficult. They're going to not block properly. They're going to block sometimes, but they're going to not block when they're supposed to. They're going to throw fireballs when they shouldn't. They're going to block low when they should be blocking high. Blah, 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 blah. You put that bitch to 8 stars, 10 stars, whatever, whatever the max stars are, you will almost never be able to get an attack in. Because one of the ideas of a computer, a game, a video game, uh, this is kind of falling into what's called artificial difficulty, is that if Chris... If Chris is playing Guile and I'm playing Blanca and he goes to swing at me, I could almost see a choreographed move of what you're doing and I can hold back. Not saying that I'm holding back the entire time, but I go, he's attacking me, block. Oh, he's attacking, block. The computer can go, I, I, I recognized the millisecond that you press that punch button. And before the first frame even came out, I'm already blocking. You will never be able to get through me because I have a electronic, digital, super quick block in. You, you, you can't hit through me. Likewise, once your hit has hit my block, the millisecond that that connection is done and you are open, I can throw an attack out. That's the idea of artificial difficulty. In my experience, that's an example of artificial difficulty. In my experience with all of the Souls games, I don't feel I've ever had that. It's hard. It, it would take some time. I think bigger people than me, like uh, uh, ENB and Vati, they could probably explain in thorough detail of how the combat 
works way better than that where it's it doesn't feel like it's that at all when i'm fighting a boss in a souls game and their attack gets through or they're perfectly blocking me it never feels like you are just reading my inputs you know what my inputs are and you know when to block or you know when to attack i I cannot get anything in you know that you could throw three combo a three hit combo out there but i don't think that you threw part two and three out there you realized oh he only blocked for the first hit i can hit him all the time after that because he let go and tried to attack me and got greedy yeah i'm saying all this because i never felt that dark the souls games were difficult for other reasons neo has been difficult in many times but it's all it's a lot of it has been feeling like it's just reading my inputs and it's honestly felt like I have, it's an over punishment at times, put it that way. That's, that's another way to say it. But I have been fighting enemies and bosses alike and been like, oh, well, they're not, they're just blocking because I'm blocking. And as soon as I go to swing, they already do the exact counter to me every single time. If I need to, if I'm going high, they immediately know to go low. And if I change it up and go low, they immediately know to go high. If I go to attack, they go to block. They block everything. And if I'm counting, you know, if my sword is at my hip and I swing up from the time it takes me to swing up and come down, it's like one, two, three, four, five. I attack or I hit them. By the time it gets to two, they've they're already blocking. Like they already know. There's just no way around it. And as soon as it goes, cling, they're on me. And it's like, are you blocking? You're not blocking. I'm just going to fucking eviscerate you. I realize this sounds like this is what Dark Souls is. And again, I, I am sorry. I, I, I'm not articulating it properly. But any time that I've died in Dark Souls, Demon Souls, Bloodborne, it never felt that way. It never felt like they were like, I'm a computer, you fuck. You can't beat me. This game has way too many enemies and bosses. It's like you're fighting a computer. You are fighting a computer, dude. You can't you can't think faster than me. Uh that's the only negative. I've been getting better at it. It's making me get a little t- more twitchy as far as my block and attack goes. I've never felt I've had to be twitchy <laughs> in any of the Souls <laughs> games. But I'm managing I'm trucking along. Uh, yeah. It, it is a good game. It is a solid game. I just don't feel that the difficulty of Neo is in the same heart as the other ones. I mean, honestly, Chris, it's not it's not hard for a company to make a game hard like that. You just sure. you just take the combat guts out and put a computer in and go, yeah, fight me. You know, fight me. Uh, I'm blocking everything i know that you're not blocking right now i know that you're doing this attack i know four attacks to to counter them and i'm gonna do it instantaneously like that's that's where the issue is right so that out of the way that all that aside because the the real answer could still be just get good (laughs) (laughs) the combat is still good the graphics are still good the story is pretty intriguing the the up the weapon upgrades the level upgrades all that stuff all that beautiful stuff is still there it is a long progressing trudge from one checkpoint to another checkpoint so all that stuff is still there so i do recommend the neo still and i will be playing through it now 
the big question. Okay, well, what happens when you get done playing Neo? I'll probably go ahead and round out Mamadora. And uh, it's going to be a toss-up, Chris, honestly. If, if if Sekiro is not fixed by the time I finish Neo, uh, it's either going to be Dragon Quest Eleven. I think that's the newest one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's either going to be Dragon Quest Eleven or it's going to be uh, the Danganronpa series. I'm, I might just start getting into those games, but hopefully, we'll, hopefully that's not it. Uh, the moment that I find out Sekiro has been patched and it does work and I have no input lag, I'll stop playing Neo and get into that period. Not out of hatred for Neo, just because I want to play the From Software game. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's understandable. It's yeah. It's just not happening right now. So yeah, that's it. That's that. That's my week. <sighs> yeah. Sounds like you've had a uh, pretty eventful one. Um, yeah, and it's I, uh, I, it's stressful, man. It really is. Yeah. And I knew it was going to be that way. I was like, dude, this game. This is Saturday. You're looking at forums and facts fucking 10 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. The game was released Friday. People probably were still downloading it by that time. So (laughs) what are the odds that people... And lo and behold, not many. I feel like maybe six people had the same problem as me, and five of them had no solution. And the one that did have a solution, it just just didn't work for me. So that's stressful, man. When you feel like... It's like, dude, why is my shit not working right? Everybody else's is. And they're like, here's the common reason. I'm like, that's not it. <laughs> so yeah. we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, so on the topic of stress, quick story. So I talked a couple of weeks ago about having, you know, my hard drive issues, um, getting, uh, you know, another solid-state drive, and then a couple of new ones, I think it was, and then uh, getting some more hard drives, putting in RAID enclosures, et cetera. So now I have three RAID enclosures set up with, you know, uh, four terabyte uh, drives in each, you know, uh, mm-hmm. with mirroring so that they're redundant and stuff. So I've got a good archive now and I can clear up some good. space on my computers and whatnot. So my streaming computer, which has, you know, the RAID enclosure on that has all my, you know, archived streams. Um, I record directly to the SSD in the, in the machine and then copy it over, you know, later when I'm ready to archive them. Um, so I wake up in the morning, you know, sit down at my desk for work and I look over and, oh, my streaming computer restarted. It's on the Windows login screen, um, you know, because I let it patch itself. Uh, not a big deal. I usually catch it, though, and do it, you know, on my own time. But you know, I probably hit one of those deadlines, you know. Yeah, Microsoft. that's that's actually a, a really funny mid story. It's only take a second. I had three or four almost back-to-back Microsoft updates last week. And it was like, hey, just so you know, we're about to restart your computer. I'm like, no, you're not. But okay, let me close (laughs) everything out and restart. And I come back home. It's like, hey, just so you know, in about 20 minutes, we're going to restart your computer. Unless you want to do it later. I was like, you just just did this. But Mm -hmm. okay, it happened, I want to say about three or four times. Crazy shit, man. Yeah, I didn't see that this week. Um I just updated my work computer because I typically put that one off or till at least the end of the day. Um, but yeah, so I was like, okay, no big deal. So I uh, signed back in the streaming computer uh, and, you know, I'm pulling up my windows that were open. Like I have my, you know, Twitch bot that's always running. Um, I click the button for that and it says, cannot find file. 
I'm like, what are you talking about? This is a file on my hard drive. This is my program. It's not even installed to the computer. It's a literal shortcut to where it is. And I'm like, wait, this file's on the RAID enclosure, isn't it? So I open up my computer and my RAID drive is gone. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. So I, you know, open up disk management, not there. Check, you know, device manager. I'm not seeing an unrecognized USB thing. So I'm like, that's weird. So I go over, you know, switch the USB port on it. Um, walk all the way back around to my desk so I can look at the screen. Check, still not there. That's odd. It's on. All the lights are on and indicating both drives are good. You know, the RAID status is good. Okay, so I plug into my main, my gaming computer. Not showing up anywhere. So uh, this is like, you know, 15 minutes later, I'm like, well, I plug it back into the streaming computer just one more time and still not there. So I'm like, I guess this weekend I'm just going to have to sit down and take the drives out of the enclosure and put them into the computer and, you know, do what I need to do with the drives to get them working again. So What was, a hassle. Yeah. So I, I just go about my work day, start it up, and then I look over at one point and I see a little pop-up saying, your removable drive is ready. Mm. It's my M drive. Uh. My raid drive. <laughs> it's there. I'm like, really? Really? I saw no explanation. I have no idea what happened. The drive's there. It's working. It's been working since. Magic. I'm like, great. Now this is something I have to have in the back of my head forever. You know, is it just going to stop being recognized? Because I have another enclosure of the same brand and then another. Well, actually, no, that one's the high quality enclosure, too. I have two lower quality ones that are the other ones. So I'm like, this is the one that was supposed to be the best. And this is going to happen. So, yeah, but thankfully that all worked out. Um, yeah. On to the game. I love that. I love that no explanation troubleshooting. What'd you fix? I, it, it, it fixed itself, <laughs> I guess. Came home, shit worked. Throw arms up. Um, wow, there's something else news related I was going to throw out. That I just remembered, and I'd already forgot it because my story. Uh, I'll try to remember it. Um, so, on the subject of Destiny 2, I did not play it this week, like I said, but I forgot to talk about it a couple weeks ago, and there's something I did want to bring up because they, if you have the season pass, or the annual pass, whatever it is called now, um, there are bounties you can do I don't know if this is ongoing or if it was for, you know, that week only or however the timing works. But there were bounties where they were extra power levels. Um, They were guaranteed drops for power level 640, which I think the cap is like going up to 700 or something like that. But I was only 538 when I started that day. And that day, in only a couple hours of playing... I got it at 640. So wow. that's the kind of stuff I missed, you know, from earlier in the Destiny yeah. life cycle where it was easy to get caught up, you know, at the next uh, DLC drop or season change or whatever. So I really liked that they did that. Um, I, like I said, I wanted to play more this week, especially with Iron Banner uh, and finally having made progress in the next game I'm going to talk about. But I was like, okay. 
Uh, oh, yeah. The whole reason I didn't play this week was because uh, my Xbox wouldn't connect to live properly. Um, oh, at first, okay. I was like, I'm getting internet because I can go to the store. I even re-upped my Xbox uh, Gold subscription um, because apparently it lapsed and I didn't realize it. Um, it must have just done it like this week or, you know, end of last week or something like that. So I even, while on that Xbox, it's saying, you're not connected to live. I go, oh, well, maybe it's because my subscription to gold ran out. And maybe Destiny requires gold. Don't think it does, but maybe. So I do that. No. No, still can't connect to Destiny 2. It's still telling me, you, you know, you're not connected to live. And it was being weird about signing me in and all this stuff. I restarted the Xbox, you know, entirely shutting down uh entirely turning back on no nothing so i was like well i guess i'm not playing destiny right now <laughs> switched my screen wow. and put back over and opened up you know my pc game um uh, that's a little frustrating i checked it earlier uh while i was uh waiting on food to get here and the game loaded so i don't know if i'll play any tonight but probably this weekend yeah i'll play some more of it or start yeah. playing it i should say <laughs> um my big game for today, and I'm so glad you mentioned this because I really want you to play it, uh, Dragon Quest XI. Okay. I can now say I have completed the game. I have Finally. every achievement. I completed the post-game story, everything. There, There's a few things I could do in the game to truly 100% it, but I finally got through it. And good. man, what a ride it was. It's so good. Um, I, I spent some time this week just focused purely on the side stuff, uh, particularly the things, you know, needed for achievements as I was working on uh, getting better equipment and leveling up and stuff. Because I, it's painful to just sit there and do, you know, the experience grind trick because it takes like, 15 to 20 minutes per setup and then you have to you know reset and do the 15 20 minute setup again and it's wow. just boring so yeah. it's really good for experience it's great it beats grinding that's for sure but it's just super boring um it's like, okay i'll do it once and i'll go decide stuff when i get to you know a certain point i'll okay go back do it again um so i got my characters at level 99 and i was like all right Time to go finish the post-game story. Um, and that was rough. Level 99, that was rough. Wow. Uh, oh, man. I don't know was, whether I'm intimidated by that or excited or both. It was very satisfying. Um, and I think that's the important thing. You know, it was difficult. But it wasn't unreasonably so. I think one of the reasons it was more difficult was because it made me think more beyond, you know, my normal whatever party I'm using. Because mm -hmm. I you haven't gone far enough to see this, but you can switch out party members. Okay. So you have, you know, the four you're using or yeah, four. Yeah, four you're using, and then you have, you know, your other characters. You can swap in in combat and stuff. So this was the first fight where I felt, okay, I need to time and decide 
who I'm bringing in when and for what. You know, normally okay. it's like, okay, well, I have my damage dealers, I have my healer, and then, you know, support or more damage, whichever one is needed. But I'm just going to go through the entire, you know, boss fight like that, you know, enemy fights like that. I don't really worry about switching unless I need a particular ability from someone. And then I'm just going to use them. I'm still going to use four. I'm not going to switch in and out like that. Um, right. But this fight, I was like, okay, well, I need to switch out this person now so that they'll get a turn before this happens. And then I can switch them back out or someone else back in to replace this other character that had their turn. And it was, oh man, it was, it was rough. But like I said, very satisfying. Um, the, uh, the ending ending, because this was the post game, the ending ending, satisfying. Um, the credits did something pretty cool. So that was fun to watch, you know, actually sat through watching the credits and try skipping. Um, and that was, yeah, a hundred, uh, roughly 101 hours to complete the game and get all achievements. Uh, That's so crazy to think of. Again, it's uh, coming off the heels of having that conversation about Persona 5. And I don't know, two different people. Okay, two different people, two different gameplay styles, two different gameplay experiences, but hundreds, a couple, over a couple hundred hours in my first campaign playthrough. Would you feel that Dragon Quest Eleven? did you, did it feel as long as that? Did it feel longer? Did you did you get more out of it in that hundred hours? Like, did you was it a hundred hours, but it felt more like one hundred fifty, or do you, did, yeah, it, I don't know? It did it feel did it feel meaty? <laughs> yeah, it, it felt longer um, because okay. it was a lot more grinding. Uh, Persona Five, my first playthrough, and well, I won't say first playthrough because I don't remember exactly how the timing worked out, but I think it was about a hundred hours to hundred percent it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me to 100% it. So they're pretty much on par with time taken. But yeah. Dragon Quest XI certainly felt like more of a grind to it. Uh, Persona 5 gotcha. was, you know, you had the music, you had the characters and all this, you know, you're working on confidants, so you had the story going. So, you know, you're kind of grinding those aspects. It doesn't feel uh-huh. that way. Uh, really, yeah. the uh, uh, underground, I just went completely blank on the... Uh, uh, mem, help me out here. Uh, mementos. Mementos, yes. That was pretty much the grind to Persona 5. And that kind of grind is more in line with, you know, Dragon Quest Eleven's grind. Um, so they're about the same as far as that goes. But you don't really have to do that grind unless you're 100%ing the game, which is what I was doing. I could have went and fought the boss, you know, 30 hours ago. But I opted not to. Because I wanted to knock out as much as I could for everything. Um, yeah, I really hope you decide to play this after you uh, finish Neo and maybe Sekiro if that's playable for you. Yeah, it's it's definitely up on my list of I'm going to get to that. Uh, I'm not passing that game over. Uh, I have heard from a lot of people. Again, this was my very initial sight of Dragon Quest Eleven is that nothing wowed me, which is fine. Not mm-hmm. everything out there has to wow you. But I've heard from you and other people as well, like once that game that game is in like first gear for a bit, 
once it starts shifting up in gears, it's got you. It's gonna get you. So, um, and I mean, that wasn't even really the main reason why I stopped playing in the first place. There was some other game that came out. I forget what game it was, but I was like, oh, the new game's out. Gotta go. So, yeah, I've always had plans to go back to 11. Uh, it's just, I'm still hearing more great things about it, even to this day. So I'm still itching to play it. And that will probably be the next game I get, the next big game that I get into. I'm in the mood for a good RPG. Yeah, it's, and that's kind of why I went back to it. Um, because I'm, since I've been redoing my hard drives and stuff, I'm like, okay, my Steam library, my installed games is currently under control. I have seven installed games, and that was only six until Sekiro came out. Like, all right, Dragon Quest Eleven is one of those. I need to finish it, get 100% done, and then I'll uninstall it and move on to another game. I'm trying not to, you know, have 50 games installed at a time and not working on any of them. Um, so I'm trying to be more disciplined about actually getting through a game completely. Um, so I was like, you know what? After playing, you know, five Devil May Cry games, I need to change a pace. So I was like, all right, Dragon Quest Eleven RPG, nice, you know, chill, uh, kind of a slower-paced game to kind of kick back with and let the, you know, hack-and-slash vibes drain and all that before diving back into Sekiro sometime later on. Um, yeah. So that's why I Well, it. let me ask, let me ask, mm-hmm. uh... How good is this story in Dragon Quest XI? And does it, what I have heard, does that actually happen? Like for, you know, the first, I don't know, two to five hours, it's like a, okay, pretty whatever story, and then it goes, whoa, then shit pops off. Does that happen, and is it a good story? Yeah, I mean, it's and it's been painful because I want to talk about this so much more in depth, but... I enjoyed it so much that I don't want to spoil it at all. <laughs> so the the story does start out slow. It's kind of your typical, you know, RPG start, not a whole lot going on, and then something happens, and, you know, you're the hero, I guess. And then <laughs> uh, they start revealing more and more. And um, it, I mean, it's a pretty solid story. I liked a lot of the characters, their interactions with mm-hmm. uh, the hero. Um who, of course, in this game doesn't have a name, so he's just typically called a hero. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I enjoyed the story a lot post-game. I think the post-game is better than the main game. Okay. And it On that note. Crazy. The post-game. Now, are we saying that... Oh, man, I'm kind of having some... Kind of having some near automata flashbacks, and I want you to rein me in if I'm incorrect. Are you saying that you played through the main game start to finish? Let's just shit a timeout. Let's say zero to 60 hours. Mm-hmm. You went through, the story was taking you this direction. You knew the main villain was up ahead of you. You traveled through and you fought the main villain, and the main villain got killed. Game over. And they said, by the way, and they added more story, main story, or is it just. Hey, you beat the game. Hey, if you want some extra additional stuff to do that's not directly tied to the main story, here you go. Or if neither one of those are correct, how does the epilogue happen? It. You don't. It spoils it if you tell me, isn't it? 
yes, that's why I, I and I've said this every time okay. I've talked about it. It's hard to say um, uh, okay. why, because the how they set up the post game is a huge spoiler. Um, okay, okay. It has, but you're gonna story you're content. gonna want you're gonna want to get into the post game though. Oh yeah, you're gonna absolutely. play to the main and go, whoa, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Basically, basically, the way it works is you play through the main game, you do your thing, you begin what you believe to be an epilogue. You know, kind of a, you know, walk here, do this kind of, you know, typical RPG epilogue. Or you know, now you can explore the world and complete your, you know, hundred percent stuff. And it's like, oh no, this isn't an epilogue. This is more story. Mm-hmm. It's optional okay. technically. But there's more story. You're not done yet. Gotcha. Unless you want to be. Gotcha. But you probably don't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. I'm looking forward to this. I uh, hope it. I hope it lives up. I really do. I do too. That's it for my week. For once, oh, a man. bit of a short one. <laughs> yeah don't really have a topic for this week to get into uh i mean i guess you could say the uh the uh playstation uh state of play was kind of a topic yeah we kind of got to talk for a while about breath of the wild again yeah. Yeah, a little bit about persona as well eh, i think well, that's fine real, real quick since we're uh you know you were kind of talking about games you were going to play in the future um mm-hmm. what are the upcoming releases are there any that you're looking forward to I'll tell you the same thing I tell the guy at GameStop. No, not really. The only other the the last game that I have pre ordered for this year entirety is Doom Eternal. I mean that's a fucking given. I can't wait to play the sequel. I can't wait to get more of that gameplay, more of that fucking Mick Gordon music. Mm, I can't wait. But and you know what? I could look it up right now, but I have food in front of me, not my keyboard. I'd love to see <laughs> if that date has been changed. But the last that I heard, the last my receipt tells me is that this game is not coming out till December of this year. Hey, I'm fine with that. That's, take your time. I have no problem waiting. Yeah, it's just as got far the as, December 31st placeholder date. That's typical. Yep. That's as same, far as uh, any... Go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah, just, yeah. I feel you. That's the uh, uh, that's the same date that's on my you know Final Fantasy VII remake pre-orders. That doesn't yep. mean anything. <laughs> um, uh, me, as far as games coming out this year, man, honestly, uh, you know what? Go ahead and tell tell me yours, and I'll take a quick look down the list again. But not really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. We did kind of go over the list, didn't we? Um, yeah. The my next big thing is Anno eighteen hundred. Um, I talked about playing the beta for that, and that was a probably the most solid beta I've played in you know years at this point with the state of betas how they've been. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that, and then Mortal Kombat eleven. Um, mm. I'm kind of like you, where I I like watching it, I like you know playing it to a certain extent, but then it'll just kind of set to the wayside after. Uh, beating whatever story aspect it has to it which i'm looking forward yeah. to um mortal Kombat. that's something that they you know they can add story to and it's interesting and you get that you know fun murder uh you know fest as it is 
Then yeah, done. I watched Mortal Kombat. Um, I watched Mortal Kombat 10 or uh, X, whichever the two it was. Uh, I watched uh, two best friends play through it. Super best friends play through it, actually. And yeah, the storyline was actually pretty good. It was pretty interesting. They uh, they're doing they're they're moving up in the world of uh, storytelling in the Mortal Kombat franchise. So yeah, I don't foresee myself getting that game until sometime in the future when it's down to you know fifteen twenty bucks or something. <laughs> but sure. yeah, that's good. As I'm looking down the list, uh, seems like a little bit more updated list on on the wiki page anyway. Uh, the Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney trilogy is coming to the, uh, it's coming to Windows. Huh. Maybe that's coming to Steam. That'd be awesome. The Nintendo Switch, the PS4, and the Xbox One. So I might pick up that. I've actually had a, I've had a little, little unknown thing about me. I've had a little thing for Ace Attorney games. I've never played any one of them, but it's, it seemed interesting to me. Maybe I'll try that one out. Uh... Uh, Chris has already uh, asked me a couple times on the Discord for uh, the end of Timecast if I'm going to send him some uh, Nintendo Labos that's coming out uh, in April, and I told him I, I didn't answer him at all, uh, hoping my lack of answer is going to, uh, you know, that's all the answer he needs. Uh, Assassin's Creed 3 for the Nintendo Switch, Resident Evil for the Switch. Yeah, I was, uh, I was reading an yeah. article about Assassin's Creed 3, the remake, and it, apparently it plays so much better than the original release that it was almost like, you know, uh, not quite playing a new game, but mm-hmm. having that, you know, new game feel to it. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool to hear. There's a Super Mario Maker coming out for the Nintendo Switch in June, but yeah. tell you right now, I don't own Mario Maker. I treat, believe it or not, I actually mentally kind of treat Mario Maker in the same vein as Fighters because I, the best part of Mario Maker is having other people play your levels, mm-hmm. and yeah, I don't have enough people that I want to share them with. I could share them with the world, but they. I'm I'm talking completely out of my ass because I don't have the game and I haven't played it. I'm only talking surface, talking like way from above, looking down. I feel like a lot of the games that you, the custom games that you find in Mario Maker, are super ultra fucking step with your dick to a table hard, and I'm not I'm not about that. Eventually, that gets really old with me. So, and I'm also not that super creative. I'm not a speedrunner in my mind, nor in reality. So making making a super Kaizo style level in Mario Maker is not something. This is something that I watch, just like fighting games. I will watch Mario Maker two in whatever speed running venue it jumps into. Hopefully, a blind relay race again, and I will be off my fucking ass, out of my chair, in the air, hands pumping, going woo, because I love watching these races. But as far as me getting the game, no. Uh, Yakuza 5 is coming out, which, again, sadly, I've played through Yakuza 0. I've made it probably about two, three hours into it. And I think other games came out, but it wasn't drawing my interest. Same thing with uh, Yakuza Kiwami. But I've been told on several sources I need to give, I need to give those games another solid try and keep at it. Yeah, I need to and, go back to Kiwami and finish it. Yeah. And I do, or I will, and I plan to, just haven't done it yet, not anytime soon. 
Uh, Wolfenstein, Youngblood. Uh, uh, not really. The st- I'd, I'll probably watch it for the story, but I probably I don't know if I'll own it or not. Um, uh, Catherine. I never played the first one. Life is yeah. Unfortunately, man. As sad as it is to say, there's like nothing else coming out this year that I that I really care about. So. That might be it for me. Looks like I might have to fucking dump money into Steam sales or just, <laughs> oh, I don't know, play the games I already own yeah. in my library. <laughs> I was going to say, my Steam library, I have 507 games, and so I'm sure I can find something to play, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's no shortage of game, games for me. So even though over the next several months, audience, we don't have new games to talk about, we will have new games that we haven't played that are not brand spanking news. There is no shortage of games on my side of the world. And I know there isn't for Chris either. So, but as far as like new 2019 fresh stuff, nope, probably won't be. Yeah. Um, something I realized I haven't even brought up on podcast. So a couple of weeks ago, I want to say maybe three weeks ago at this point, they announced the dates for uh, TwitchCon uh, mm-hmm. this year. Uh, I believe it's hmm. September. Um, I'm going this year. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. I uh, bought my tickets, and got my flight and hotel and everything straightened out, and I'm going to TwitchCon this year for the first time, so that'll be fun. All right, so are you going as, I don't even know if there's a difference here, but are you going as a content creator, or are you just going as a person? Uh, I'm going as a person. Okay. Um, I am uh, an affiliate, so technically, you know, I'll I'll have a different badge, but it won't mean anything um, unless you're mm-hmm. presenting it. Really, most of the people going are technically, you know, content creators. So mm-hmm. only you know what? particular partners are going to get you know special treatment. Well, it begs the question then, given what it, what you know about it, what experience you've seen, read, watched, or heard, what will you be doing at a Twitch convention? Um. At this one, I probably won't know until they put out the schedule. Uh, that will kind of determine what I do when, because they typically have a lot of things going on at once. Uh, most of it, you know, uh, re- they're related around uh, panels that, you know, people do, similar to other cons, you know. Um, I don't know if there will be any gaming stuff there. Uh, it would be cool if there was. Um, if I can check out some of that. I was thinking earlier th- during the VR conversation, what if there's someone set up there with VR, you know, uh, you know, uh, HTC or uh, PlayStation have, you know, a VR booth just to try it out and see how that works. And typically they show stuff in relation to uh, streams. So how it would, you know, interact with streams, how it would look like when you're streaming it, you know, stuff like that. I'm sure there would be hardware vendors there. I think last TwitchCon was when the uh, Go, L- Go XLR was announced and shown off. And I, I bought one of those recently. Um, and it's awesome. So there's all kinds of different things. And I, I really, I have no idea. Because <laughs> I always watch <laughs> stuff every year, you know, when they have it. But it's a different experience watching than actually going. Right. Um, of course. And I'm still a bit lost in all that part. Well, cool. We're going to have a uh, <clears throat> TwitchCon episode when you get back. Get to yeah. hear all the good news. And I'm, I'm going to put money on the table now 
It's going to be half stories of, let me tell you this shit that happened. Okay, so I'm in the hotel room, right? And then the other half is going to be like, all right, this is what happened at the convention. <laughs> because, you know, life. Yeah, de- depending, I have to check the dates again. Because it is over the weekend, typically uh, around, we typically record on Friday. So, you know, maybe I'll record while I'm gone, depending on how the schedule lines up. I don't know how late the stuff runs, and we typically re- re- record pretty late. Um, yeah, yeah. And I will be West Coast time. <laughs> uh huh. That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, no big deal, man. I mean, this is behind the the curtains for the audience, but I mean, if it turns out for whatever reason due to time and constraints and all that stuff, if you can't record, uh, well, we just unfortunately won't have an episode that week. I'll see if I can get Adam on, but uh, yeah, don't yeah. stress about that, man. Go have fun, and we'll hear about it. Either during or after, either way. All right, so, yeah, that's probably going to do it for tonight's episode, folks. Uh, Just another good PSA for those that haven't haven't done this, especially if you're an avid listener to the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I do, we are so baby fresh, small, as far as numbers go. Okay, uh, behind the curtain, we have like a dedicated eight or ten people that listen to every episode. And one of those could be Adam and one could be Chris for all I know because I'm the uploader. And I don't <laughs> I don't know. I don't see who they are, but you know who you are. And thank you. If you are that dedicated audience and you pretty much listen to this as the weeks come out, let me ask you directly. Do you have a PlayStation 4? You do. Go get Persona 5 if you don't have it. Go get God of War if you don't have it. Go get Bloodborne if you don't have it. Those are at least three solid must-play games for the PlayStation 4. Do you have a Nintendo Switch? You don't? Go get one. Why? Because you need to play Breath of the Wild. But I've got a Wii U. Okay, go get Breath of the Wild for the Wii U. But it's cra- it doesn't matter. I started with it on the Wii U. I don't even have it for the Switch yet. I went from, I went from playing it on that to uh, playing it on the Wii U still. So it's fine. I may, I've thought about buying another copy of Breath of the Wild for the Switch just to support Nintendo, just to do that because this game is that good. Um, if you have any four of those games, please, we would love for you to write in, message in, whatever, tweet us, retweet us something and tell us your experiences. Definitely want to know how you feel about these stellar games. Uh, what sequels are you looking forward to and why? What are you hoping they change? Any of the stuff we talked about before our weeks. Uh, any of the games we talked about in this week. Have you been playing Sekiro? Have you been playing uh, uh, any other game like that relatively soon to its release to prep for it? Like, did you did you just blast through all the Dark Souls games and <laughs> you spend the past few months just, just pulling your hair out of the difficulty? Great. We'd love to hear about it. Uh, we love to hear what you think about Dragon Quest Eleven. Chris is right. I know he's right because I know Chris and I know our gaming mentalities together. But hey, it's always good to have somebody else come in and go. Yeah, Chris was right. You need to play Dragon Quest Eleven because spoiler-free reasons here. Anything that you would like to talk to us about gaming-related? Uh, again, with this, I say early. We're eighty plus episodes into this podcast, so. Even at this early stage, early is a cinnamon for us for uh, not as popular. <laughs> at this early stage, it's almost guaranteed to get it read on the podcast, and we will engage with you back uh, either on the podcast itself or probably a reply because it's one of the reasons why we do this. We do love 
you know, swirling the wine around and just just theory crafting about games. But it's even better when you have genuine gamers out there that you can have conversation with. It really is. And there are many ways you can do this. You can go to Facebook and find our Facebook page. Just search for End of Time Cast. It should take you right to us. And it may be how you found this episode right here. We have an email address. So you can email us at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny numbers in there. Just spell it as you heard it. We still have a Twitter page. You can tweet us, retweet us, however you want to do that. You can find us on other platforms like... uh, uh, apparently Spotify has us, and we are on iTunes as well. So not only can you find us in other places, those are places as well that you can add comments or message us directly. You can also share this with other people, with other gamers you know of. And we love that. It, again, back in episode, I don't know what number inserted here, uh, we made it almost an entire episode about it's not for the money. And guess what, folks? We're uh, 85 episodes in. Right, Chris? Uh, 85? Yeah. yeah. And we're still not doing it for the money. Uh, I'm not saying this as a cry for help, but if we advertise this thing right now, even through Facebook, we're doing it out of our own pocket. So there is no money revenue coming in for either one of us, not a single bit. And that has not deterred us from doing it. Uh, we, we want to expand this to people because this is a computer age, digital age way of having conversations with people hundreds, thousands of miles away from us that are just as passionate about gaming as we are. And that's where it counts. That's where it's at. So yeah, thanks for tuning in. Please share us out there, uh, spread the word around just so we can have more people to talk to. And that's going to do it for tonight's episode. And until next time, I'm Michael. And I'm Chris. Good night, everybody. <laughs>